0: What if I ask you a question, Agent Handwriting? I can be so serious all the time. Does it bother you, Mr. Anders? Yeah. Yeah, it does bother me. Does it bother you, Mr. Fox? A little, I guess. Oh, would you like to hear me tell a joke?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> yeah. Yeah, we'd love to hear a joke from you. Knock, knock. Who's there? Go fuck yourselves. And welcome, 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 welcome to the podcast that does, I think, what it says in the tin, Liam. It's best film ever. (laughs) My name's Ian. I'm Liam.
2: I'm Ellie. And I'm Georgia.
0: I'll tell you what, I've done too many podcasts lately. I said that I went I literally don't know what, <laughs> what the call line for the podcast is. That was so funny. it seems lately it's someone who's the blame for it, and this time it's definitely me. So yeah. that's about it. So we are here, smack dab in the middle of Lockdown Three. Oh, lockdown yeah. and the Last Crusade. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, I'm, gonna keep, I'm gonna keep coming up with like the third <laughs> versions the of third whatever
3: it's movie.
0: Uh on at World's End, oh geez, let's not say that. <laughs> that would.
3: That's also be... the third cornetto movie, isn't it? World's End.
0: Is it the well, that's that's the World's End? Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know. Uh, let's jump right into this. We we got a big one today, so uh, hopefully, I'm very glad. Anybody who listened, thank you very much. We are in episode 49 today. Wow, and we are glad that you caught us because you could. Yeah doesn't work as well as the present tense the catch me if you can but caught us if you could so uh 49 next one is number 50 wow how did that happen It was just an idea wasn't it it, ju- it, was just, it was just lockdown. an idea Lock- well lockdown's part of it but you, Liam you and I were talking about it for, yeah. for 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 a while about doing something like this and then lockdown helped yeah it can stop helping anytime <laughs> yeah. it wants to yeah <laughs> I'm yeah. kind of done with 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 the helping but we sit here and uh We're glad people are coming along for the the ride with us. Yeah, and listen to what you have to say. Because we're going to talk about movies, because check this out. We like movies. Yeah, I like that you went there. (laughs) Yeah, So uh, that's what we're here to do. We're here to talk about movies, because we just want to know if we can come to a consensus on what is the best film ever. Currently, we have Chicago in that role. Ooh.
4: It's a good film. Yeah,
0: very good Ooh. film. It is. so Chicago's currently our, our our statistical best film ever. Yeah. I don't think it's any of our individual number ones. When we went around the table a couple of weeks ago, no one said Chicago, but as a group, it is our number one.
2: Strange. It's very it? high though.
0: It's very very high. Everyone's given it like nines and. I think I gave bombs. it the
4: lowest, didn't I? Huh? I gave it the lowest. You score? You,
0: you might have been. I don't yeah, have the stats I'm in front of me. So yeah. So uh, speaking of stats, I do have in front of me though. Oh, go on. We've been charting this week, which is always fun. Yeah. So we charted. In, I finally realized when they give me the charts, the order they give them is how big the market is. Oh, okay. Because the first one's always the US. And I'm like, why is the first one always? Because it's the biggest market. Oh, okay. So we charted in the US. We were top 100 in the US this week, which is yeah. good. Yeah. it's been a little bit. So I was glad to see that. Nice. Um, we charted in Britain, where we were top 40. Yep. Uh, we charted cool. in Canada. Canada. America's hat. <laughs> uh, we charted in Australia. Uh, G'day. 32nd in Australia. Uh, Back in Germany? Hey, it's been a while. It's been a while. Uh, In Japan? Oh, nice. Rocking around the number 50 mark there. And yeah, then in cute. Switzerland, top 25 or 24th. Oh, they like do. So, nice. yeah, they do like us there. Yeah. And we like you, Switzerland. So, Where's thank Sierra you Leon? very much. We are not neutral on Switzerland. I'll be giving Switzerland their props first, and then we can oh, go to okay. Sierra Leone. We got some downloads. I thought, oh, we'll we back in the chart, they mustn't use Apple Podcasts as their, oh. uh, as their thing. But uh, we will, we'll still leave the light on for our friends in Sierra Leone. Yeah, definitely. Yeah. So, uh, that is it. Now, we've got a few of these to do today. So, let's go ahead and start with it. <laughs> we got a few of these to do today, Liam. Yeah, we, yeah, we do. Right. First one, first one is All Quiet on the Western Front. Yeah. 1930. <gasps> not Marlon Brando on the cover. No. It looks like him, but it's not. Oh, okay. Not some 1930. So wow. I have seen an older film than. Uh, well, I see. have seen I teach one. Oh. I, I teach a film called uh, Man in the Movie Camera, but it's this, it's this Soviet silent film. But as far as like films I've sat down to watch for my own personal enjoyment, uh, on the Western Front although it was I watched in school but what it was what
4: was still- Marlon Brando then that was something to do Mutiny on with- the Bounty no that, was, no that was something to do with the
0: Western Front I'm sure uh, I don't know lots of war films
4: maybe people well it's not a war movie
0: yeah I don't know Georgia this one's for you There's a mistake. Think I'm right. just a quick one you were talking about cocaine still being in coke at the time the movie came out cocaine stopped being in coke in 1929 Ah. Oh. Oh, okay. So you, th- there you go. Oh, too so, far off there. Your your nose didn't quite have it right. <laughs> 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 and then finally, one last big one.
1: There's a mistake I think I make.
0: We had quite the debate last week. We did. Didn't we? we did. <laughs> does does Rocky hit the girl? Yeah. In the movie universe, yes, he hits her. Okay. He doesn't come anywhere near close to her, so it looks like he's winding up for a backhand. But actually, as he crosses it, there is the sound of a slap, and she holds her hat at the moment that, it, that the slap takes place, as though she's reacted to the slap. Okay. And that's why it's paid off later with the I've been waiting 15 years to do that when she slaps him back. Oh, and yeah. we had quite the debate about this. I remember at one point telling Ellie, I don't know how you can be so wrong about this. And it was me who was so wrong about this. Absolutely. But I'm going, how are you but not seeing this? It. We, watched we went it. back and wa- we did. Four and, or five times. and it wasn't until Georgia isolated the two second clip and put it and I went, what? And then I went back and watched it in full again. And yeah, he slaps her. Oh, okay. he does he but does she you are welcome so there, I win. there we go so georgia Yay. is correct i promised on on talk to mickey we would bring this back up and georgia would get her props and she does <laughs> she she brought clarity to it now he doesn't come within he really doesn't come within like six Nowhere inches of her it. face which no. is why i think we were so adamant. going yeah. no he's winding up for a backhand nope nope it's supposed to be a forehand slap mm. so yeah. strange so very well done ellie something to contribute in your moment of victory here
2: um, it's not actually about my moment. Of victory, oh, okay. I'm very grateful for that, too. Um, Marlon Brando was in a film called On the Waterfront. That's the it. There we are.
0: Yeah. <laughs> on the Waterfront, not all quiet on the Western Front. I, knew there was I wonder something. if the waterfront was noisy and therefore doesn't <laughs> qualify as being <laughs> all quiet. Yeah. Thank you very much. Um, so uh, props to Georgia. Props to Ellie. I was wrong. Yes, and I'm okay same. saying I was wrong. Yeah. If you want to hear an example of me being wrong, go check out Tenet. Because I make one of the m- biggest mistakes I've made since we started recording. It's probably the biggest mistake I've made since recording okay well this is where i thought hayden christensen was town. oh yeah yeah yeah. Yeah, so, yeah. so go back listen to it uh, <laughs> i own it i own it i left it in people are like i can't believe you i said hey props to me for leaving it in i could have cut that out yeah absolutely but i went it's okay it's fine right it's, it's all right it's all right to be wrong yeah was... i had a good laugh yeah, <laughs> i'll did. isolate it i'll put it. it'll be on a blooper show for next year for sure i'm like first things first blooper for next year absolutely get that out there so uh some shout outs to people here we have a shout out to uh russell osborne the resident postie of the bfe hey going back to the majestic he really misses it so do we yeah we do i said yeah. we'll probably see you there we'll wave yeah because yeah uh i can't wait to get back uh another shout out to friend of the podcast dwayne smith no he's
3: not having it <laughs>
0: yeah. why was he not having it again i forget
3: because he said that the White Rabbit was the worst speaking character in Disney history.
0: Um, oh, if you can. <laughs> and I'm
3: not okay with that. Uh,
0: and I did have a pre-recorded Georgia going, Dwight Smith, and I've just deleted it for the intro. <laughs> so <had> yeah. <laughs> so I'm not putting it back in. So Okay. Such is. Uh, he said are. that uh, we don't need to be in a rush to see Schindler's List. Okay. And uh, he doesn't think we're missing much about Avatar and gave me a hard time about Hayden Christensen. Uh-huh. So I think he's just taking shots so between between Ellie and Moulin Rouge, Georgia and the White Rabbit, and me with Hayden Christensen. You're the only one he hasn't come for this week. So. Smith!
2: <laughs> Wasn't it Paul and Griff that were dissing Moulin Rouge?
0: Oh, that was Paul and Griff, sorry. I don't, yeah. think, I don't no. think
2: Dwayne said anything bad about nah, him. No, Dwayne
0: didn't. Wish. I'm getting Dwayne and Paul and Griff missed it. How could I do Credit that where to, it's to Absolutely. <laughs> Uh Absolutely. Debbie, though, says we should see Schindler's List. So, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll watch it at some point. It is one of them films on the poster. It's three hours and 20 minutes. Mm. Yeah. Ouch. I know. Uh, if it's going to be that long, I want someone named Alexander Hamilton to wrap his way into my heart. <laughs> That's what I want. If it's going to be three hours and 20 minutes. Um, Niall, is that how you say that? Neil, Niall?
1: N-I-A-L-L
0: I know it's an Irish name Nile. Niall? Niall McCauley uh, says we should do Shawshank and I'm like yep we will <laughs> we will <laughs> <I think laughs> we get that more than anybody any, else, know, right uh, and to tell George of it six and a half out of ten for Dark Knight is shameful <laughs>
3: <laughs> Batman is bad
0: <laughs> uh, podcast card it goes down in the PM says um, that we were uh, an excellent show uh, they said they're, anything, they're nothing if not truthful and our show is definitely one they recommend oh. Uh, but let's talk about this podcast. So they just discovered Best Film Ever, and they're a great listener. They'd recommend if you like movies or hearing about them. They're trying to show appreciation for cool people making cool stuff where we can. Nice. I'll, I'll settle for being called cool. <laughs> yeah. It's all right. I don't think I've ever been cool. So, oh, you're cool. I'm, you're definitely the cool one of the two of us, buddy. Uh, you are. Yeah, you're too kind. Um. <laughs> New listener Brittany says she enjoyed the episode on Coraline and can't wait to listen to more. She hadn't seen the movie in years, and it was cool to hear about it again, and she had everyone's perspective on it, which was nice, because we Mm. kind of, if I'm being honest, we're of trash Coraline. Yeah. So I'll take that. Uh, Ellie, something to add?
2: Yeah, we also got a nice little shout-out on Instagram from Podmunity.
0: Yes, and they, uh, well, do you want to share any of
2: it, or...? (laughs) They gave us a shout out for being one of the podcasts they like
0: to listen to. Oh, Unity, Yes, absolutely, they are. Unity gave us a shout out as listeners on their list of you know podcasts to to, to check out on this this issue. So it was oh, quite nice. nice. Thank you. Yeah, thank you, Podmunity. Uh, and then we had pa- uh, Paul and Griff, who said they didn't care for Tenet uh, and said he he'd rather watch Moulin Rouge again than watch Tenet again. <laughs> so there is something lower on his list than yeah. uh, than Mulan Rouge. That would be
2: excellent to watch instead of Tenet, wouldn't it? because I, I Mulan Rouge is a
0: fantastic film I would never watch Mulan Rouge again I'd watch yeah. Rouge oh, take yeah it. Definitely. Uh, the Friday Island podcast said Tenet is better with subtitles I bet it is yeah. I don't know what it is about Christopher Nolan like, everything sounds better if you go through jeez Maybe we should do a whole podcast like it. <laughs> <laughs> Just do a, a, the, the Nolan edit.
1: <laughs>
0: so um, let's go ahead. Then we have actually in the second one. We have a very special guest with us. I'll tell you what. Let's set it up, and we will bring them in. Yeah, let's do that. And we are back, and we are joined now by Alex from Main Street Finance. Say hello, Alex. Howdy, nice to be here And Alex comes all the way from the United States of America Yeah To find himself he as hung. living in Walmart country Yeah <laughs> Yes sir Now you, you guys haven't been to Walmart We just had this conversation off yeah, mic yeah, yeah. But like none of you have been to a Walmart ever Nope Yeah Ca- Canadians love a Walmart Do they? My big thing was and when I, I used to I love a Walmart When I, I, when I used to work at the factory I really had, I had this weird uh, Back in Canada I had this weird reputation of being If you ever want to find Ian Don't worry, he's in the Walmart <laughs> <laughs> You were gonna find me in the bar. You were gonna find me in other places, but Walmart was where you're gonna run into eating. So everyone's like, "Yeah, we Where? at the Walmart." <laughs> do they do everything in Walmart? Then? Uh, they didn't have groceries at the time in 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 that Walmart. Uh, they've since taken over and really kind of like doubled down. Oh, okay. In in, in Canada, and I'm I'm sure yeah, in the states. Yeah. Obviously, it's 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 one of the main major grocery stores. I would imagine.
5: Yes, sir. We each and we actually have like different types of Walmarts. Like You've got the super centers, yeah. which are everything plus groceries, and then you've got the neighborhood markets, which are only groceries.
0: Okay. But absolutely. But we're not here to talk about Walmart. Uh, we're here to talk about a movie first. But Alex, why don't we give you a couple seconds at the start to sort of tell, you can go ahead and let everybody know what your podcast is about.
5: Sure thing. I'm the host of the Main Street Finance podcast. It's just one of your basic vanilla teaching you about financial education, financial literacy. But What I try to do is break down everything of the nitty-gritty because I find a lot of personal finance podcasts go, here's what a 401k is, kind of put money in it. But you don't get a lot of the why or how the thing works. So kind of like what you guys do, I get into the nitty-gritty of it so you can understand all the moving parts.
0: Excellent. Now, although I'm not really familiar – I kind of conceptually know what a 401k is. I know that 52 percent of our listenership is from the United States and they know what a 401k is so <laughs> i've listened to a few episodes absolutely hit that up i try if, if it's something that seems a bit broader and more like um not generic but more less constricted by national sort of situations right, more I, international. yeah i always hit those up but definitely a, a good listen an informative listen and uh yeah Cool. Nothing wrong with being a little bit more financially literate, especially in days like today. Oh, I know, right? So,
5: but (laughs) everything you didn't know, you wanted to know. (laughs)
0: Exactly. Uh, Very early on, Alex was was a listener of the podcast. And I think I remember once there was a comment on some random Twitter feed that said, if you could be a guest on anybody's podcast, who would it be? And Alex reached out and went, I want to review a movie with the guys from Best Film Ever. And I went, I kind of made note of that and went, we can do this. So the question was, how do we find one? So we've had you booked in the diary for months. Now you knew that, and I knew that. Nobody else around the table knew that because, nope. oh. I, no, no, I guard the schedule with an absolute iron fist. Because he does. I really <laughs> You're not allowed to know anything. <laughs> I really, I really like a genuine reaction when I say what we're doing next week. You do so, like you guys don't know what we're doing next week, for instance. No idea. No idea. So, <laughs> so let's talk though about Catch Me If You Can. So who's seen this movie before? I would assume Alex has seen it because he kind of was signed up for it. Yes, sir. Okay, I've definitely seen it, but it's been a while. Yeah, I've seen it. It's been a while, ladies. I have. Nope, seen it
2: I've never before. seen
0: it. No, okay, so it's I've kind seen of part it
2: twice before.
0: Oh, you've seen. Oh, yes, you have seen it twice before because oh. you watched it in preparation for the Leo episode that we did.
2: Yeah, so not that long ago. Unfortunately, <laughs> See, I didn't
0: watch it before the Leo episode. I don't know if I would have changed my, my 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 ranks now. Mm. I think I had it like third or fourth in my Leo rankings, so that's not that's pretty good. I think I had it pretty yeah. high up. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So, um. Well, I don't know why. I don't know if anybody really request Did you request this, Alex? How do we come to this decision for this film? Was it your idea?
5: Well, I think the thing is, like, I had made that comment on Twitter, you had made a note of it, and then you hit me in the DMs and said, Hey, you know what? We can make this happen. You can come on the show. So uh what kind of move? what kind of financial movies can we get to that was work in on? I gave you three or four suggestions and you went, oh, you know what? Catch me if you can. That'll work. Yeah, it qualifies. Yeah,
0: absolutely. And we do like when we have guests over, we do like to try and kind of fit what we, the film we do with, with kind of their, their, their niche. And it seemed yeah. to work out that way. So uh, Catch Me If You Can, uh, directed by Steven Spielberg, uh, which, which I forget. I didn't know. I forget I, yeah, this. I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we've talked a lot about development hell. In this podcast, the movies that get stuck there. Hold on to your to your hats on this really? one, like you've been slapped uh. across the face from six inches away, if it didn't make contact <laughs> because we've got some stuff happening here. So, uh, as we know, it's 2002 American biographical film directed by Steven Spielberg from a screenplay by Jeff Nathanson. Uh, it tells the story of Frank Abagnale, not Abagnale, which yeah, the film yeah. even like 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 slapped me back about that. And they, they did, went, "No, did, no, did. no, it's not Abagnale. <laughs> it's it's Abagnale." <laughs> Abagnale. And it's just a story about Frank Capra who basically um, cheats the system out of yeah. millions of dollars. Incredible! I've learned oh, yeah. that spending like five years in post-secondary education was a waste. All I needed <laughs> was some hobby glue and like and some courage and some some courage. Really, absolutely. So he sold the rights to his autobiography in 1980. Wow. So this has been thought about as being a movie since nineteen. It going to come out until 2002, I think it was. Wow. And 1980, they start this process. Um, and so after seeing him on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, back when it was Johnny Carson who did it, um, producers Norman Lear and Bud Yorkin purchased the film rights. And two years later, they sold those rights to Columbia Pictures, who then in turn sold them to another set of producers. But those producers died before they could make the project. Okay, so the rights then got sold to Hollywood Pictures. All of
3: the producers,
0: the oh. one who was sort of the main one, I guess.
3: Oh, I was just saying, like the producers he died; wants they to all be died. A
0: producer, no. he was just yeah. dying to make yeah. the movie, dying to make the movie. <laughs> <laughs> he said, uh, or he said, "I'll be caught dead before I make this movie." <laughs> uh, so the rights then sold to the Hollywood Pictures, who at the time were a division of Disney. And then the project went to something called turnaround, and what that means is when the, the basically the company blames it for a loss on their tax return. Oh, okay. So when you do that, you have to get rid of the film. Oh, okay. Because if you're like, okay, you've admitted it's yeah, a losing yeah. project. Yep. You can't keep sinking money into this as some sort of tax haven. So they had to move on from that. And then it went on to Bungalow 78 Productions, a division of TriStar. Oh. Remember TriStar with like I the do. like yeah, the, yeah, the, the yeah. horse with the wings? I can remember when they were Colombian TriStar. Yeah, yes, that's when Columbia buys them out, but uh, I, I yeah. can I still hear that like that doo doo. Yeah. Dibba, dibba, do. dibba, yeah. Uh, and from there it's presented to, to Steven Spielberg at DreamWorks Pictures. This is in nineteen ninety. It's presented to Steven Spielberg. Um and so, according to Daily Variety, a guy called Michael Shane purchases the film rights in nineteen ninety for Paramount. In 1997, because it hasn't been made now still in seven years, it gets sold to a guy called Barry Kemp, and he brings the product again to DreamWorks, and Jeff Nathanson writes the script. By April 2000, favorite director of the podcast, David Fincher. Dude. is lined up to direct. Oh, wow. Can you imagine a David Fincher version of this? It'd be
2: dark. Oh, it be like, so dark. love like, like,
0: yeah. like, catch that oh. gong girl if you can. Like, really dark. Like it, He's cutting himself in the kitchen to, like, help cover it. <laughs> uh, and so then, uh, at that point, uh, he bows out, though, because he then decides I'm going to direct Panic Room instead. Oh, the Jodie Foster. Foster. Yeah, yeah, yeah. This is a better film, isn't it? It is, isn't it? Yeah. I think he's made a mistake there. Yeah, same. And that was in July of 2000. And so De DiCaprio then starts getting involved, and he signs on to do the part, but he signs on to do it with Gore Verbinski as the director. Oh, okay. Gore Verbinski, who I believe does the Pirates of the Caribbean franchise. Oh, okay. Yeah, Yeah. Yeah. Makes sense. So Spielberg signed on to produce at that point, and filming was set to begin in March 2001. And Verbinski signs on a whole different cast besides DiCaprio. DiCaprio's there, but everybody else is different.
4: I well you gotta
0: keep dicaprio work. yeah, <laughs> yeah Di- Di- dicaprio's there he's the right choice i guess for that but everybody else is like we have different people and we'll talk about them when we introduce all the oh, characters okay, yeah, yeah good so um by may 2001 he's out verbinski's done they go to lanny holstrom to direct but he drops out two months later at this point most of the original cast bails because they're like no we're not doing this the movie's not getting made yeah then it was offered to milos foreman who did one, uh, one Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest. Yep. And he did Amadeus. Oh, yeah. So yeah. like like a big name director, yeah, right? Yep, yeah, yep. Yeah. And then they go to Cameron Crow, Yeah. Who, almost famous, right? Yeah, great movie. Great movie. And then Spielberg finally goes, forget it. Because he's <laughs> producing it. He's like, I'll direct it myself. <laughs> kind of like Thanos hitting <laughs> yeah, the yeah, infinity. Yeah. I'll do it myself. And he goes ahead and does it. And in order to do this, he had to drop a different film. And he was signed up to direct Big Fish i'm so glad he dropped oh. it i like big fish and i don't like him here i don't like what's his name um s- no edward the director tim burton oh yeah yeah i don't like tim burton but he did a hell of a job with big fish i really liked it i've only seen bits of it oh i might be why yeah oh i wouldn't want to jump in for bits of that you yeah. have to kind of see that one for the whole thing I've yeah. Only seen bits. No, yeah that's an excellent film is that oh, okay is that albert finney alex is that is that who's the old man in that I'm not sure. That I think, sounds about right. I think it is. And he's got like, a, yeah, and then it's just Ewan McGregor and then that, oh, the big giant.
4: Isn't it weird? Think and he's wonderful. a basketball player. Huh? Isn't it weird? And oh, it's weird. weird. Yeah, the yeah, whole
0: yeah. idea of that being like, you know, you can tell whatever story you want and make your life as fanciful. And does it matter if it's the truth? Oh, or okay. is a good story worth it? Oh, okay. Do we have to be obsessed with the truth? Can't a good story, even if it's a lie, Okay. you yes. didn't really do that, but does it matter? Let him let him believe that. Yeah, okay. So Big Fish, I'd be well I don't know if it, it qualifies. Is, up, but, is it that anything and it it
2: does qualify? Oh, yeah. I'd, be well up up 10 doing, 10 I'd be well up for doing that.
0: I'd be well up for doing that. okay Nice. Um so um obviously it does get made. It gets two Oscar nominations, one for acting, and I'm not gonna tell you which one gets the acting nomination. I wanna see if you guys can up it at the end. No cheating. Mm. but can anybody who doesn't know so if you do know abstain please but if you don't know can you guess who do you think gets the gets the oscar nomination out of this group and uh just a cool thing it was shot in 147 different locations wow and uh we'll talk about how quick the turnaround was maybe at the end uh abagnale the, uh, abagnale, abagnale, abagnale. <laughs> the real one had little Almost. involvement with the film but uh, felt that Spielberg was the only filmmaker who could do it justice. He says it's about 80% accurate. Oh, okay. Some things he makes up, but he says most of it's pretty accurate. Like, for instance, he, he had two siblings in real life. Oh, okay. He wasn't an only child, yeah, but they yeah. present him like he's an only child. But it's like little tweaks like that.
4: Yeah.
0: Uh, and the FBI had an actual information officer on set for the whole movie to make sure that what he said about the FBI was true. Oh. So. Makes sense. It does. Especially with Carl's story. I mean, like, he's made to look out like a bit of a schmuck for large portions of it. So I imagine you're not going to exaggerate that too much. No. So that is it. Thank you for sitting through context corner. Let's jump in with an introductory sequence and a score. First off, it's John Williams doing maybe the least John Williams score ever. It's amazing. This isn't like that big anthemic, like trumpets. Bah, 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 uh, bah, no. Bah, no. It's none of those things. No. It's just a little like jazzy. Um, doo-doo-doo-doo-doo. Yeah, Some of it's I obvious did,
3: and some of it's not. Okay. George. At some points towards the end of the film, I was like, am I watching Home Alone? Hang on a second. This sounds exactly like when he's being burgled. Really? Alone. There, Yeah, there was some okay. bits where I went, yeah, I went, oh, hang on. Okay, no, we're back. Like, it, yeah, there was some little little like trills that were very very similar to home alone and then i went is it the same guy yes it's the same guy. there's only so many sense. notes you
0: can write i thought it was the least likely thing i've ever heard him do Yeah, same i thought it was really cool and i felt like a throwback to like the 60s yeah that, yeah uh, especially that like animated sequence that kind of tells the story yeah so good so i liked it. Yeah. alex what, do, what do you long. think about that buddy
5: Honestly, I think it sounds like – now, I didn't know any of the production hell history until you just told me, but now that you're saying all that, it sounds like to me we got to a certain point where Spielberg was like, fine, I'll do it myself, but you know what? I need someone to do the score that I can trust that's going to go through. Ooh, who's someone I've worked with a lot recently who always delivers? John Williams.
0: Spielbergers assemble. <laughs> <laughs> and they all
5: come out. They do.
0: Uh, but no, I really – I really, I didn't much attention to the score throughout, except for when the theme kept coming around. Yeah, same. And it was always in moments where he was like, like, like having like a, like a brainwave moment mm. and finding some new way to sort of scam. And then we get told, well, I, I love the opening sequence. I thought it was jazzy. I loved it. And 60s and sexy and sexy. It's, I thought it, was, it was, was so, it reminded me it a lot so of like style, didn't it? It reminded me a lot of like a much more polished version of like down with love. I've not seen that. Oh no, Ewan no. McGregor and uh, no. Renee Zellweger. No, oh, it's a lovely film. I don't that won't qualify, but, but it's, it's like supposed to be like a throwback to the sixties as well.
4: It kind of reminded it me just... how to succeed in business. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's the whole thing. It like climbing a ladder as you were watching it,
0: Ellie. It just
2: felt really long. Like I'm not used to opening credit sequences being this long We've, in films anymore. We don't really get opening yes.
0: credits anymore, do we? No,
2: not no. not like this. Or if you do, it's like you know you've got scenery and things with the names just kind of popping up in the corners, like not. Not like just, you know, an animated thing where it just plays music at you and shows you names for five
0: minutes. I think this was the first, I me- I read a fact, I didn't write it down, but I think it's the first like introductory title sequence uh, Spielberg's had since like Indiana Jones and the Temple of Doom or something like that. Mm, quite yeah, well, like yeah. where you actually yeah. have the, like a full title sequence because yeah, yeah. who does that anymore? We talked about it last week, but that was Angels with Dirty Faces. That was 1938, 1939? 38. Yeah. 38, yeah. I mean, yeah. that's expected, but you don't really see him anymore. No. I liked it. I liked it, too. And then we get inspired by a true story, and we get to tell the truth. And this is basically the prologue to the entire film, where they tell you, here's what you're, you're going to go ahead and see. And this actually happened. And it's like a real-life version of a show we have here in the UK, Alex, called Would I Lie to You? Oh, okay. Cause the, the, cause, cause, I thought that when I was watching cause it. Because what I lie to you is, yeah. for the people who don't know, who might be from, from elsewhere, is like a comedy panel show. Yeah. Where some celebrity will say some crazy story that happened to them, and you have to guess, is this the truth? Or is this the false? I love to you. Yeah, yeah. it's great. And it is it, good. And you learn some stuff. And at home you're going, oh, I bet you that's true. or Oh, I bet you that's not. Or they'll get a regular Joe in and when they stand in there. And say, like, how do you, how know, do you know, this know this person? person? Yeah. He's my driver or he's <laughs> yeah. my workout partner or it's my former lover or things like that. <laughs> yeah. Um, whereas to tell the truth is basically, we're going to tell you someone's story but there's gonna be three regular guys, and you have to guess which one of the three it actually was. Oh. And you want to know how you know that Frank Abagnale's fantastic? Come. On. Not one person guessed him when he was on the show. <laughs> and you can find this whole episode for real on YouTube wow. with the real Frank Abagnale doing this.
2: That's really cool. Yeah,
0: so definitely, I, have, I didn't get a chance to watch it in prep, but I'm gonna watch it after the fact because I definitely want to see this. Yeah. So, um,.
5: See, and here I was just thinking it was a very quality way to give us some opening exposition without it feeling heavy-handed.
0: Now, I, I, And you're right on that, though. It doesn't it's feel heavy-handed. It's like on. a nice introductory bit.
2: I would disagree. What? It doesn't link to the rest of the film at all. It's just like random people giving random... Well, it gets the, well, it's I, it gets the idea but, the
0: backstory. It gets the idea that you know, who do you believe, or who could lie, or who, or and you go, wait, he's done all this stuff. What? Yeah. And, and we, of course, we know who it is because we know who Leo DiCaprio is, and yeah. they put him in the middle yeah. and all this stuff. But it's like saying, oh, like Romeo and Juliet. That prologue was a lot of exposition, wasn't it? <laughs> like, no. Sometimes it's it's good for us to know. And we go, wait, he's going to be this and this and this. So yeah. when he hits those points, our brain goes, I remember hearing about this. Check.
2: So why check. do we need to hear about it at the start if we're going to see it anyway? Back to, sh- back to my Romeo Back to my Romeo and Do sh- we need it?
0: Do you think like, sh- like Shakespeare's like producer was going, "You know what? Well, <laughs> love it, but can we lose the bit where you give away the story at the start?" Like it's, it's No, it's an effective storytelling technique. It happens in Slumdog Millionaire, it happens in Force Guy. God- like this idea of here's a bit, we're going to sort of tell you what happens. Yeah. Because when you see it then, you get little Every time you recognize something you've seen in the prologue, your brain goes, I remember this. Yeah. Oh, that's what they're talking about. Mm-hmm. Oh, we're at this okay. point in the movie. And you get little well, bits of enjoyment. in my
2: personal opinion, I did not like it.
0: Okay. That's, that's, that's fine. I'll tell you what, we'll, we'll put I'll, that.
2: I'll let Shakespeare know and he won't write
0: <laughs> anymore. We'll put that at the start of the episode. That way, when people find out later, you, this one. we'll put it at the start Nobody of the episode. Even, and that way, when people find out you didn't like it, they can go, ah, that's the part she was talking about. <laughs> <laughs> um and so then we go ahead and we meet frank Abagnale jr played by leo dicaprio in 1981 the person who was supposed to be lined up to play this part is one of my all-time favorite actors dustin hoffman really can you imagine a young dustin hoffman doing this like like tootsie era yeah, dustin hoffman yeah, no, yeah. not like not I think like
5: he would have looked too old for 17 well yeah. there's
0: a debate about this because exactly, yeah. i've got in my notes here leo's an ironic choice for the lead because frank abagnale was able to pull off this caper because he looked old for his age yeah so in that regard hoffman's a good shout. <laughs> yeah, but leo leo always looks like a baby
4: Oh, we'll do the age game. We'll do the age again, game later. Yeah, yeah.
0: Because <laughs> my head was going. Well, how old is he? Yeah. Okay. But yeah. So you know, but Leo's famous for looking younger than he is, he's and he done, looks yeah. really young in portions of this film. He does,
4: but I think that's mm-hmm. on purpose.
0: You know. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, well, we'll it, find it is. Out, won't we? But the idea that Frank Abagnale, the real one, was like like there's a reason. Like when when he's I... doing the bit with the teacher, and we'll get to it in a second. Yeah. Like there's no way he's passing. No. 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 no so until he saw the results of leo's work the real frank Abagnale jr didn't think dicaprio was suave enough to play him (laughs) talk about a guy who thinks highly of himself (laughs) yeah well that bond that leo dicaprio (laughs) (laughs) what the guy from Titanic? yes (laughs) (laughs) ah, hack he can't no No, no he's not suave enough to play frank Abagnale jr
5: You know, yeah. since we're talking about Frank Abagnale Jr., you mentioned earlier that it's about the film's about eighty percent right. I got a couple notes from when I watched the movie. I think I can identify some of the twenty percent.
0: Oh, please do, please <laughs> do. If you get there, oh, so, definitely. And we also meet Carl Hanratty, and played by Tom Hanks. Yeah, who is great in this. He is good in this. I mean, to be fair, you could take that clip I just said and put that in any Tom Hanks movie we will ever do. Because I don't <laughs> I was think I'm going to
2: say when isn't he. I don't
0: think I've ever said. Didn't really feel Hanks in this role.
3: <laughs> I don't like Forrest Gump.
0: Is that because of Tom Hanks?
3: Yeah. Wow. Okay.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. Great. Um,
3: Sorry. Where do you people, sta- can hate, people can hate me. Where do you stand
0: know. on Tom Hanks there, Alex? Oh,
5: I love him. I don't think there's – I think he's batting at 100.
0: Yeah, I like, think I so, too. I don't
5: think he's ever, like, really, like – I don't think you've walked out of a Tom Hanks movie and then just been disappointed or oh, at least disappointed in him.
0: That's a better story because I saw Lady Killers and that sucked. <laughs> if you haven't seen Lady Killers, don't. <laughs> that's all I have to say.
4: <laughs> did he do the Road to Petition as well?
0: He did. I haven't seen that. Yeah. That that's him. Paul Newman. Isn't it? Yeah. Yeah. But my mom didn't like Tom Hanks. No, she didn't, she? It. said he was icky. <laughs> 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 I
3: <laughs> agree. What? I agree. What? Yeah, he no, is- straight up, especially in Forrest Gump.
0: Okay, well, <laughs> you probably couldn't do Forrest Gump today. No. No, no. You definitely couldn't do Forrest Gump today. No. I love, I, I, I'm sorry, Georgia, I love Forrest Gump. Yeah, I do. I do. It's very heartwarming. <laughs> there's heart, there's heart. That's what, that's what makes it, the heart, yeah. isn't it? So, um... So, um, originally, though, this role in the first cast was not Tom Hanks. So, imagine this instead. I don't imagine George is going to know who this person is. Ellie okay. might not either, but I expect the boys will. It was originally supposed to be James Gandolfini. Really? Tony oh. Soprano From himself. The Spanos, yeah. Oh, So, like, you'd have a much, would be weird. You'd have a much more intimidating presence. You it would, wouldn't, wouldn't be you. as... Because, I mean, that father-son dynamic that's played with the whole film. Mm. And, you know, if it's not Spielberg, maybe they go down a different road with what that relationship is. Yeah, yeah. But, I mean, it's got to be – I don't see Gandolfini being in that presence. Well, I don't. No. no. No, no, no. No. So, the FBI officer who was chasing Frank was the main inspiration for Carl Hanratty. He was actually a guy called Joe Shea. Abagnale used the pseudonym Sean O'Reilly in his book because Shea was still in the FBI. And we used to hear oh, an old okay. wives' tale. It really wasn't based on one guy chasing him. It was three guys. Actually, that was part of the cover. It really was one guy named, named, named Joe Shea. Yeah, yeah. And just a way to protect him. Uh, however, in online video since, Abagnale, Abagnale said that Hanks met with Shea and patterned his performance on him so perfectly that uh, he says that watching Hanks is like watching Shea. Oh, okay. He said he nails it. Oh, wow. There's a shock.
4: There is a Tom theory. Hanks got it
0: right. <laughs> <laughs> um, Steven Spielberg was initially reluctant to approach Tom Hanks because he didn't feel the part was big enough. And I'm sitting there going, oh, the part was plenty big enough yeah. for him. Yeah. Yeah. But Hanks said that, you know, playing a great part is a great part no matter what size it is. Exactly
4: so he's got his head
0: screwed on he he, he does he chooses roles he well very well like when he's young like yeah he does things like turner and hooch and the money pit because he's young and you need work yeah, yeah. but for the time like philadelphia hits and he becomes tom hanks mm-hmm. like he's been so careful with his film choices and so diverse. besides the lady killers yeah <laughs> yeah but there's a lot of later stuff of his i haven't seen i haven't seen the post i ain't seen that either bridge of spies though so that's probably the most oh, recent thing i saw of his Was bridge of spies great movie yeah Um, And so then we go to Marseille, France in 1969, or should I say Quebec City? Is that where it is? That's Quebec City. Anything that's in France is in Montreal or it's in Quebec City. Oh, okay. Because why would you fly all the way to... Everything over to... to, to, Yeah, yeah. Makes sense. To to France. You wouldn't. It's just a... Yeah. No, it's good. So, and everything is so blue and it's raining and I have a line that says, roads, where we're going, we don't need... (laughs) Dry roads (laughs) we're wet roads. Because every shot in this film of a road, the road is wet. Yeah. Whether it's actually raining or not, they would wet it. Because apparently cinematographers like the look of a wet road. It shoots better.
4: I was going to say, yeah.
0: Not something I ever would have thought of.
4: No, I wouldn't. No. But I did notice it quite a few times. Did you? Because that really makes it pop.
0: Yeah. You get that kind of like, the lights hit it, whether it's it's light or dark outside. It sort of has that sort of feel to it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because, you know, film is, is a thing based on light.
4: Oh, I I didn't realize they did it on purpose. Yeah, it was intentional. Cool.
0: Maybe not like Seven where it rains all the time. (laughs) Paul and Griff are doing an episode on Seven. I'm looking forward to catching that out. Yeah, yeah. Um, And then we go back to Canada or France. (laughs) (laughs) And they make France seem like Siberia. Yeah, he's been thrown in the cell. Oh, it's dreadful. It's like (laughs) only America. No disrespect intended, Alex. But the best is like, only America has human conditions for its prisoners. (laughs) We need to get him. And it might be based in truth. It could be. But man, it looks rough. And he's coughing and he's spewing. And I'm like, is this practice for the man in the iron mask? Because they locked him in like a tower forever, didn't they? they? And then I'm like, or maybe it's just practice. Seen that one? Or maybe it's practice for the revenant because he's just like that's (laughs) what I was going to (laughs) say. It's like have you been attacked by a bear lately, sir? Mm. He's using all this as inspiration for later. (laughs) And the question is, is he faking or is he legit? What did you think when he was coughing up a lung there? I think he's legit. You thought he was legit? Yeah. I I mean, I know he's legit now, but in the moment, I was going, Yeah, "Eh, is he faking? It it looked legit. Here it. Because the hard part is, and this is Carl's, this is, and this is the dilemma Carl has for most of his relationship later in his run-in with Frank, is he fools you so many times. Yeah. Can you ever trust anything he does? Like, even when he gives you the truth. (laughs) Even when he gives you the truth, you can't trust him. No, that's true. Which is fun for us as the audience. It means we can't trust him. Yeah. And that's fun. It's fun for me to not know what he's going to do yeah because I'm, I'm tied to him i'm aligned to him right yeah, yeah, yeah. the movie marries me to frank not to carl i spent yeah, way yeah. more time with frank so he's the one i actually root for despite the fact he's doing all these things yeah of course so uh and so um the, the carl finally calls for a doctor uh carl seems to be more worried about his career than frank takes off and when they find out that frank's gone carl just smiles <laughs> He's like, Oh, Frank. And he's like crawling, crawling down this like part of the prison where every prisoner's been sussed out to what's going on. Yeah. I don't know how they've been sussed. I well, maybe a,
4: it's just because there's somebody out on the
0: run now. I guess there's an alarm. <laughs> but no, because he's barely made the corner. And like the guy at the very far end, who's got no sight line to this, <laughs> he's like, yeah. <laughs> you know why? Because the director went, and
1: action.
5: action. <laughs> uh, I don't know. Well, I don't know. I think if you're in prison and you're bored and everyone at the other end of the cell, or at the other end of the hallway is screaming, and it's like oh you know what might as well get in
0: on it it's Absolutely. a communal building experience i'm with exactly. this <laughs> we go. like character you know,
3: building what happened
0: monday nothing <laughs> tuesday nothing Wednesday? we yelled a lot it was great <laughs> <laughs> breaks up your day uh, and so uh some oh i feel that already so then he frank gives himself up when we get like a gun to the back of his head and these frenchmen are like they're not taking any shortcuts they're like we're dealing with this no and then carl finally just falls on his back and says okay, sorry not carl frank says okay carl let's go home
4: but carl don't go to stop him does he
0: no i think he knows what's gonna happen yeah yeah He's been chasing him for a long time. (laughs) And there's this great reverse zoom and it swirls up. So we go, okay, we're leaving this and we're zooming out and back to the start of the story, which we do. And six years earlier, and Leo looks like he's... Twelve. Twelve, he does. (laughs) (laughs) And he's sitting there and he's peeling the label off a bottle. If I'm being honest, he peeled a lot of labels and we never really got any payoff to that. Is that just a nervous tick?
3: There was only the wallet... Thing, but that yeah. was halfway through and he peeled labels off. No, we well. well, we
0: see it again yeah. when, at, at the engagement party. There's references to yep. it there. But what was the deal with peeling it off? It was never like he uses this to start, like, never once did we see him take, like, part of a Coca Cola label and use that for any of his you know, scams. You know, when he starts. Just the Pan Am thing. The Pan Am thing off the plane, yeah, but that's you, not a label you peel off like you a know product.
4: He's peeling off a, the, to make the checks, isn't he? Yeah. Right? Maybe that was a f- forefront to him peeling labels maybe so he was careful of how how to pick things off without ruining them without yeah <laughs>
0: that's true because they're all perfectly preserved in the wallet yeah okay that might work maybe that's a precursor to that and so we practice <laughs> absolutely and now uh we find out that frank senior's being honored by james brolin who you recognized it was james brolin i didn't pick up on that yeah
4: because immediately i thought josh but then I thought the guy's too old, but the face uh, looks it's the same. That's
0: not, not Thanos, now. No, but but you know what I mean. The face
4: looks the same, and I was like, well, that must be his
0: daddy. See, I don't see a resemblance, but. How can you? I know him more. Like I, I've seen him way more in like as like Llewellyn Moss in like No Country for Old Men, which is like, like, like like creepy cat cowboy mustache and oh, all that. Okay. So he doesn't look the same to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like my students, I told I told them this week that uh, Llewellyn Moss in No Country is Thanos. And they went, shut up! I went, oh, <laughs> no, that, I'm dead serious. That, that that's Thanos. He yes. really should snap his to fingers. Be
3: fair. Thanos doesn't look like a human, really. If you me, see so. Josh
0: Brolin just out on like a public, like like on a talk show, you can go, okay, I see it. Yeah, I see I, I get it. But I'm going to Google
3: not, him because I don't know if I've ever ever seen him not as Thanos. Okay.
0: Google the person not in the movie we're reviewing.
3: been <laughs> oh, yeah,
4: Goonies. He's in Goonies. What? what is his
3: name? Josh Brolin. Josh Brolin's in
4: Goonies. Yeah. Shut the, up. He plays the older brother. No. <laughs> yeah.
0: Wow. Well, that's something we can Google. My mind is blown. <laughs> But, um, originally, the part of Frank Abagnale Sr. was not supposed to be played by, I'm Christopher Walken here. Oh, uh, uh, yeah. It was supposed to be played by, and you know what? I can see this. I'd be totally fine with this. Come, Ed Harris. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He'd yeah, have been yeah. great. I like Ed Harris. But, I gotta say, um, Christopher Walken, very un-Christopher Walken-like in his performance.
4: Yeah, he was very straight as he can be. Small,
0: yeah, as small as he can be. That's a good way to yeah, put yeah, it because yeah, yeah. he's not totally small, but he's no. as small as Walken can yeah. can possibly do. You know, he's not because Walken hits that point where it's shortly after this, I think, where he just turns into like a caricature of himself. He does, and he's just like he's Christopher Walken doing a Christopher Walken impression. So it's like yeah. multiplied onto itself. Yeah, mm. <laughs> but he's good in this. He is very good. And so we get this great story about how two little mice fell into a bucket of cream. Which we hear numerous times. We do hear numerous <laughs> times. But it was, I think it's a great story. It is a good story. And, and you know, if you're a hardworking man, you go, okay, you know, one mouse churns in the butter. And the second mouse, he, he runs so hard. So the first mouse dies. The second mouse works so hard to escape. The, the, the milk churns in the butter and he walks out. And it's a great metaphor for what hard work can, can accomplish as yeah. opposed to giving up. Mm-hmm. and he says today and I and can't
2: get over is the idea that there's a, the second little mouse is just like somewhere congealed in the middle of the butter <laughs>
5: that's what I was thinking <laughs>
0: it would have been great if he's the like the, the second mouse like <laughs> fed all the milk into the first mouse and used him as like a lifeboat and then jumped out a <laughs> bit darker
4: <laughs> that's more for Fincher <laughs> and
0: as <Yeah. laughs> every- oh, there we go and everybody stands up and applauds and like Frank Jr. worships his father absolutely yeah yeah, there's something a little bit not right with Frank and his parents in this movie.
4: No, but do you think that because he worships him so much, that's the reason he goes on the path he goes?
0: Oh, absolutely. Oh, he's trying Did to single handedly restore the th- and we'll get to it. But the theory is if he can make the money back, he can save his family. Yeah, but what I mean
4: is his dad's a bit of a con artist himself
0: on a much smaller yeah. scale, but uh, yes. yeah,
4: and that's what he emulates later, isn't it? It, it is but on a bigger scale.
0: Some of some of the tricks we see him use that yeah. were there before. Um, and then it's a Christmas dance with mother, and that's a bit weird. Mm-hmm. <laughs> it was very weird. That's definitely Christopher Walken influenced. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, is he really supposed to be 13 here? He's a tall 13 year old. Mm, yeah. Uh, and Frank, uh, Jr. calls his mom a blonde bombshell. Yeah, and she's brunette. Uh, back then, I guess she was that, but he goes, blonde, and he adds the, blo- the bombshell in. His dad just says blonde. He goes, Oh, you're a blonde bombshell, mom. I'm like, uh, Uh, Okay. (laughs) Easy, Oedipus. (laughs) Uh, And then she spills her wine. She gets upset. And Frank Sr. is just like, let's dance. And they like trot it into the carpet. Mm Mm-hmm.
3: Yeah,
0: that's not how to clean red wine out. No, no, I think that's captive. the point. But Frank's told go get a towel, and he comes back and he doesn't have a towel, but he's got a glass of milk. <laughs> yeah, because
2: <laughs> why not? Well, I and it was the- a glass of water to clean the car. No, no, <laughs> no, it was milk.
0: No. I <laughs> <laughs> first thought maybe some like cleaning solution, and no, just Frank likes milk. We find out. But she says to him, go "Get, get a, a towel." towel. <laughs> and then he's got this weird voyeuristic thing where he likes like every other kid, like when their parents like getting ro- in romantic at all. Like, uh, no, yeah. Frank's like, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> yeah you yeah you you dance with her
5: (laughs) well you know we get that later in the film too when with martin sheen and his wife he kind of yes he does he does
0: we have a callback to that and with a family who kind of gets it right but it helps when you have you know like like ridiculous amounts of wealth Uh like martin sheen does Mm. oh yeah yes uh and so um then yeah sorry ellie go ahead
2: i i just checked and milk is actually one of the most effective ways to clean red wine stains
0: it well, doesn't seem like he was in a rush to... They said, they said, they said, they said, they said get a towel, though. Yeah, they did say get a towel. They said get, get the milk. But you said, put the milk.
2: milk on first, and then you use a paper towel to wipe it. in like a it, glass. And it's then like afterwards, you use water to wipe him, it all He didn't
0: bring like, the jug to like, pour some out. And he did. just had like a cup. <laughs> he's like, and I'm, I'm pretty joy. sure he <laughs> drunk it. I don't think we see him drink it. I'll be yeah, honest with you there. I don't think so. I thought he did. I thought he took a sip. So Frank Sr. wakes up Frank Jr., tells him you don't need to go to school today, and they scam this clove shop for a suit. Mm-hmm. And basically, and Darcy, did you drop? Because the was like, no, I don't have any part of it. And then he produces this necklace and says, oh, did you drop this? <laughs> and it was always done with the same shot. It it's was so always a close-up on the hand. Yeah. And then you watch, they sort of like project it downwards and then catch the chain. And this little crappy charm that's on all these necklaces just kind of float around. Yeah. But it works, and he but, gets the suit. I'm sure he got out of the kinder <laughs> And so um, they go to, and he's told he has to be a chauffeur. So he's trying to learn how to drive at like, what, 13, 14 years of age? <laughs> and he says, don't hit the curb. <laughs> don't hit the curb, and you'll smash. <laughs> yeah, we've all done that. And he goes, you stay out here, and you hold this, and he's going to be cop." And he goes in, and Frank Sr.'s trying to get himself a loan. But we find out here, and this was a good way to find out, because it could have been lazily done through some really bad exposition. Yeah. But we find out here, I can't give you a loan. You're being investigated by the IRS. And I'm like, okay, so they're gonna have money problems because their house is nice. It is very nice. It's like the kind of home that Kevin McAllister would take over in a Home Alone movie.
5: <laughs> well, in the car too, we get a close. The, car's up the car very nice. It's like, don't hit the curb. Yeah, and then, like you get this big shot on the car as it's coming around.
0: And Famous. so when it doesn't work, they said, they talk about high stakes. They have to get rid of the car that day. <laughs> and they get rid of the car for a much cheaper car. And Frank Jr. is like, how could you let them take the car? And I'm like, I'm not sure you get how this works, man. No. And um, they go to a much smaller house. And Frank gives Frank Sr. gives Frank Jr. a $25 birthday present, 50 checks. And now you're in their little club. Mm. If he buys him a baseball glove, it's a much different movie.
4: To be honest with you, though, not many people had checkbooks checks <laughs> at that age. <laughs>
0: I think that's part of the reason why. I think he's yeah. suffering so much on the other side. He's like, you need to get in early.
4: Yeah. Oh, okay.
0: Yeah.
5: You know, I wasn't sure if this would be more appropriate to bring on later in the episode or now, but I think I'm going to. I think every time we see Frank Sr., that he's more and more worse off every time he's in yes. the movie. He, so but, we start off, he's being inducted into as a permanent lifetime member of the Rotary Club. Yeah. Next time we see him, you know he's you know a happy man dancing with his wife. You know he's got the good kid. Very next time we see him, he's conning the suit person. It's like okay, so he kind of also has a dark past. And the next time we see him, he's trying to con the bank.
0: Yeah, yeah.
5: And it's all downhill from there.
0: And, and, and every time we see him, though, he's still this like second mouse. He's mm. still spinning his legs as hard as he can. Yeah. Because he mm-hmm. believes it will work. And then towards the end, I think he starts to come to a realization that it's not going to work. And therefore, he starts applauding what his kid's doing. Yeah, he does. He's
2: the congealed yeah. mouse in the butter by the end. He's the congealed
0: mouse. <laughs> Frank Junior's the second mouse. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's passed the baton. Yeah. Um, and so then we go to public high school because Frank can't go to his fancy high school anymore. Frank has to go to uh, public high school. Yep. Which mm. I guess every country's got their verb. I mean, we don't have a lot of private schools in Canada. Here, here you've got some in yeah. the UK. yeah. I i start naming he's still them. still wearing
5: his, uh, like, prep school or he's, he's private school He's still wearing
0: his private school blazer. School? Yeah. That'll get you beat up. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would. It does.
2: I think it would also <laughs> distinguish you as being from a private school. Yeah. And not, being not a substitute teacher. teacher. Mm-hmm. It could
0: have been the university you went to, maybe. Or maybe you are just like, yeah, I don't know. But uh, the scenes in the French classroom in the library were filmed at McKinley School in Pasadena, California. And um, they left all the props they created at the school. Oh, that's brilliant. Until six huh. months later when they came back. Oh, no. <laughs> and over spring break, they took all the props back. Oh. <laughs> and the school had been like using them as desks. And like, here's our new library. And they, they like, Damn you, Spielberg. Yeah, you should have left <laughs> it. So, yeah. Uh, So Frank Junior is bullied, and someone says he looks like a substitute teacher, and the light switch goes on. Yeah, and he writes Mister Abagnale on the on the board and starts yelling. And the guy who bullies him, like embarrasses him by bringing him to the front of the class and like publicly shaming him.
4: It's like multiple. That's the dream that's that's the dream, that's a dream. Yeah, it is, yeah.
0: as a teacher i'm gonna go that's not what we do we don't <laughs> we're not trying to uh man i just killed me in a classroom again rather than all this digital learning yeah everything's done by a computer screen the last few months it's been rough
2: and being able to bring a child up to the front of the class because it's not a covid risk yes you, about. <laughs> you can
0: be within two meters of me <laughs> <laughs>
2: See, what killed me about
5: that whole thing was like, you've got a lot of, now I've never been a teacher, but I got a lot of friends that are like, you've got this kid who's in a classroom full of his peers and he goes up, writes on the board. He's able to A, get control of the class. Yeah. And well done. Mm. Like with no provocation, just kind of, you know what? I'm going to be the sub.
0: Yeah. And he goes, I'll write you up and they go, oh shoot. Don't want, this is the sixties. It is it's 60s. the sixties. <laughs> yeah. Uh, and confidence. Yes. And yeah. that, and he's new and they know he's new. And he gets caught doing this though Because uh, he The principal calls in the parents And says he's been doing it for a week He's had a parent-teacher conference And he's planning a field trip yeah, I love that I love <laughs> Which, that Which I think this is the genius of Frank Is he doesn't do anything by half measures He doesn't no. hide in the corner He's so big with his personality But that's what wins half the battles for him Yeah Is he dares you to say he's wrong Yeah, yeah, yeah. And people sense if I don't want to offend Or I don't want to be awkward Kind of they back down from these, from these conflicts They do Yeah, yeah. So, it
2: reminded me of Michelle Pfeiffer in Dangerous Minds, where she's organising all the field trips that she shouldn't be organising.
0: Yeah, she would be. I just once again say she would be fired for that field trip. <laughs> jeez uh, and See, then i made a note here that
5: wouldn't he have been caught like he's teaching this one class but is he still going to his other classes where he's a student with his fellow you know students i guess
0: not i guess you've really got to be nice. teaching french all the time i mean his mum's from from france so i guess he's got to have a pretty good knowledge of a language oh yeah.
2: that's true yeah. yeah can we also just talk about how terrible the actual substitute teacher was <laughs> <laughs> like, as in as an actress, or possibly from the writing. I couldn't quite tell which one it is, but it was really bad. It,
0: it was it was really expositional to go, here's how he gets away with it for a week. Yeah. <laughs> mm. Teacher rage quits, literally. Yeah. <laughs> you can tell them I'm never coming like, back here again. I can't do this!
2: Oh, they said i was the substitute i came all the way from this place <laughs> at
0: my age do you know what i am yeah and then we <laughs> meet terrible miss oh so is the, as he's getting caught though he's sitting in the principal's outside the principal's office his parents are having the meeting and there's a girl who's trying to give a note that her mother wrote and he goes crease it and she goes what do you mean she goes crease it she goes it's real she goes if it was real you would have folded it fold it come on you <laughs> want to get away with this you got to fold it and she goes what well, is real and then as as he looks, she kind of just goes ahead and quietly folds it a couple times and yeah. he smiles. And we're going, okay, he's cottoning on. He's he's sort of, he's got a head for this. Yeah, for the minor yep. details. Yeah, it's in the details. Yeah. It's always in the details. Mm-hmm. And he goes home and we hear this music. And the music had previously been associated with his father dancing with his mother, this type of music. And then he goes to open the door, but it's locked. And then they, cut, they open it and it's Mr. Barnes, the guy who gave his dad the uh, medal at the Rotary Club yeah. or the certificate at the Rotary Club. <clears throat> And says, so I'm looking for Frank Sr. And he goes, dad's at work. And then fi- he he almost leaves behind his president's pin, which would have totally exposed him. Mm-hmm. And, he, and Frank Jr. notices it. And he goes and he shakes his hand. And Frank Jr. doesn't want to shake. Nice. You don't want to shake the hand of the guy who's, you know, cheating on on Louis. He's up yeah, you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, a, a, a less eloquent way. What I mean. <laughs> the guy who's sleeping with, with your mother, and especially when you worship your dad, and, and the story of how they met is so important to Frank Junior. For some reason, mm. out of all the men who could have had her, only Dad got her. Mm-hmm. Women are prizes to be won. <laughs> <laughs> and you, that get them, we and are. you then and get to and you then get to brag about that story for life. <laughs>
5: As long as you keep her.
0: As long as you keep her. And that's <laughs> the, so. What happens then if he's the man who loses her? I think that probably Shame. stings much more than all the the material possessions because this is the the like single thing that Frank Senior and Frank Junior have like made Frank Senior's identity be about.
4: And they keep banging on about it through the whole movie. Well, L- Leo does. Yeah. 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 Um,
0: See, and,
5: I think the subtle context there is like my dad is so fancy, like you know, he out of all those men, he got her. Yeah. But. If after that, if he loses her, does that mean their whole marriage was a con? He got her to marry him, but only for so long.
0: Or does it mean my man is the, isn't my man? My, my dad isn't the man I thought he was, the man I'm patterning myself after, because he stands up and claps with hero worship in his eyes at that Rotary Club session. He and he watches him yeah. with his mother and goes, Yeah, you dance with her, as creepy as it is. You go, Yeah. And then all of a sudden, if those things don't end up being true, then what is his whole. Identity or purpose or, or or conception of success in life. What does any of that mean? Yeah, true. So, yeah, um and so mom starts paying him off. Here, go get some <laughs> records. Dollars. Here's five dollars. Make it ten. <laughs> <laughs> you won't tell your father, will you? And he keeps taking her cigarettes and putting them out, and says, he he said you're going to quit." And it's clearly a metaphor for her fidelity. Mm-hmm. If you lie about the cigarettes, you, you'll you'll lie about of being course. being honest to dad. Yep. And uh, that's kind of the end of really of what we see of mom for the most. Well, there's a little bit more, but really that's about the majority of it.
5: You know, I had made a note that do you think his mom and this whole shenanigans in the background had to do with how Frank Sr. got to be a lifetime member of the Rotary Club? Oh,
3: I I don't don't think I don't think
0: so. (laughs) I think I think mom is um, I think mom legitimately is drawn to successful men. Yeah. And up until that point, Frank Abagnale is a successful man. Now, the question is, do we think, no, another question, is Frank Abagnale crook or did he actually get some bad advice and is is a victim?
5: I think curry, from what curry. we see,
0: there's a little bit of crookedness. A little bit, but maybe a little bit of both. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And so when he can no longer provide her with what she wants, then she goes and goes to someone who, who does demonstrate that. And was it... Because she wants she, that fancy life. And just to change any of her life. She can still have wow. all the Rotary Club members. She can still have all, many of the same social events. All yeah. that stuff can remain. She just gets to do a do-over to the point where, I mean, she has a kid. That felt a little bit like, what? What, in that... How, how old was that kid? Because... A kid looks like they're at least like four or five. I don't know how many years it's been at that point. No, that's six years. Well,
5: that's when he's caught. So it's got to be like six or seven, right? Because that's what the flashback
0: was. Yeah. That mom looks a bit old to be having babies. Not so, whatever, just the the likelihood of it. So I'd be curious if that was real. Yeah, I don't, yeah, I I call shenanigans. I don't know. So uh, we then meet, uh, he comes home another time. And again, he sees greeted by a man. In in the house, and he's like, Mom, mom's sleeping with everybody. <laughs> I'm, I'm, and he's I'm um, sticking for it this time, isn't and it? And it's Frank Kisner, and he's I guess he's a lawyer? Yeah, yeah. divorce yeah. attorney. And Frank yeah. is sat down and told basically, right now, you have to go in the other room and come back and decide who you want to live with. But that's a yeah. hell of a decision to make when you just get home from school. It is. Who do I want to live with? And everybody, I mean, mom's going, you can choose whoever you want. That's fine. And dad's going, you can choose whoever you want. That's fine. But Frank's going, I don't want to choose. I choose you guys to stay together. And he's, he's incapable of making this decision. Yeah. Because the idea of the permanence of this fallout, the answer is dad will always get the money back. This will, all, everything can always be repaired in Frank Jr.'s mind. Mm-hmm. But this is proof that it can. There's actual real consequences of this. And when forced to deal with this, it's that typical fight or flight response, flight pilot. But he just <laughs> <laughs> But he chooses He chooses flight, flight, flight. Like he runs, and there's this great cross cutting of the conversation they have with him, and then he they cut to him running, and we get a little more of the conversation, and we cut to him running. So that sense of panic and overwhelmingness. Yeah, yeah. It's bigger than him. It's taking him over and he can only choose to run. And he uh, wants a train ticket and asks if it's okay to write a check which is probably his first his first first bad check yeah yeah so um so
4: his parents hadn't got divorced he wouldn't do what he was doing
5: oh heck no 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 like the was that a bad check because we were told uh, that he had 25 dollars in the account and the ticket was only 350
0: had he spent Uh, how much did he spent by that point because remember he's got 50 checks mm -hmm. so how far deep is he into that 50 check we don't we don't know true we don't know but um we go back to paris and back in the i guess we'll call it the the end timeline i've got the prime timeline and the end timeline so if you go back to the arrest timeline i like that um and frank just wants to call his father and reading back my notes now i'm like oh that's that's kind of hard yeah (laughs) i just wrote it down as a note yeah (laughs) and that's left and we keep coming back to this i want to call my dad i want to call my dad i want to call my dad back to the prime timeline and frank jr is living in some random motel hotel and he gets bounced for well, he's bounced for writing checks that bounce
4: <laughs> yeah, a couple
0: in and Frank has turned himself into now Frank Taylor and he tries to cash checks in various places and it works once because we get the sod of people that are giving money out and then every other bank goes no no checks. Yep so no and I was we just about to
2: but I was on mute right.
0: <laughs> and so then we he's outside and he's kind of going oh life's hard I can't do this and then some pilots rock up and Liam you picked up on this instantly like we get this like glorious like shift in the lighting oh yeah the light yeah 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 the light gets so soft and like bright around these pilots as they walk in and like, like he owns this pilot owns the room when he walks in absolutely and the same like bank manager because he tries to do the whole Hey, Stacy, I think you dropped this. Yeah. <laughs> and he turns back around. And it's like this angry bank manager staring at him. Yeah. Well, now this guy's like like licking the boots of like this pilot. And it's good to be a pilot. So he goes, I need to figure this out. So he follows them into the bank and figures out this is what I want to do in my life. Not be a pilot. I want to pretend to be a pilot. Yeah, <laughs> Cause that's a con, everybody. Cause that's easier. And because you're like 16. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
2: And then we get, Dear Dad, I have decided to become an airline pilot. Yes, we do get that.
0: <laughs> And it's just genius how he does this. Though he poses as a writer for a high school paper, so we take something that we would believe in. Yeah, a kid wants to come in and do a story, and he asks all these questions, and he's 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 prepared. He's a hard worker, uh, and so. He finds out, here's what what equipment you're flying means. Here's what the various types of equipment are. Here's what this means, that means. And there's two things you need. You need an ID badge and you need a license. And he goes, can I have a copy of that license? And he goes, ah, you can have it. It's expired. Go ahead. <laughs> what about the ID badge? Goes, oh, only real pilots get the ID badge. Now, they never really explain how he gets an ID badge. No. They don't bother with that part. They just go, you need to have a uniform. Mm. So he goes, okay, I'm going to suss myself out of a uniform.
5: See, can we talk for a second on how... So he goes, you need two things. And he says, oh, then you need your FAA license. Can we talk about how the executive reaches into his jacket pocket pulls out a license and says yeah it looks like this oh can i get a copy oh that one's three years expired <laughs> but i happen to have so why it why does my... he still have
3: it well done <laughs>
0: yeah. well done he just happens to have it ready in case someone's hey you still you still have that old expired license oh i carry it with me for good luck until some kid asks <laughs> yeah, me for I keep it
5: all my licenses for the last five years right here which one do you want
0: it's been that long since i've cleaned my suit oh. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, and so um, Frank then goes and he gets a, um, a suit and he, um, he, he was up there and said the story that, you know, the hotel lost his suit. And so they go ahead and they, um, and he's getting measured. He goes, Oh, you're shaking. He says, why are you nervous? Cause he, and that, I like that. He's, he's not great at it right away. No, no, he no. He picks it up. Yeah. And he goes, well, wouldn't you be nervous if you lost your suit the first week on the job? And they're always like, Hey, I hear you. Don't worry about yeah. it. It's and good. he goes, How can I pay? He goes, we don't take checks, no cash. What is it doctor for your next payroll check? So I don't know if he had to come up with some random nine digit. Like what format do you give them for your employee number if it satisfies them? Yeah, exactly. What's your employee number? 12?
5: Well, chances are it's like a form. So like there's a certain number of spaces.
0: Yeah. Hopefully there's no letters involved or anything that tips you off.
2: (laughs) Wouldn't there also be one on that old fake license?
0: Like it's based, maybe it's based off a true story. So I guess. Yeah. I don't know. I would think that like his like his his Pan Am number or whatever would be on like the the ID badge and not on the license. The license would be some general. Everybody every every pilot has that number. Well, but no, your ID the badge license
5: is through the federal government. That's FAA. That's not your employee thing right. through Pan Am.
0: So the employee thing would be on the ID badge. I would think, which he doesn't right. have, and we've established he doesn't have it yet. Mm. We don't know when he gets it. They just kind of yada yada over that part. They do, they yeah. Do. And so um, then he um, learns how to counterfeit payroll checks because he can get $300 a go. Yeah. And he's going to go work for Pan Am, the most trusted airline in the skies. <laughs> and this was great because earlier this year, I watched The Aviator for our Leo episode. You did. And you picked up on this too, which is he, uh, when he's playing Howard Hughes, how Howard he, Hughes uh, begins and founds TWA, TWA and they yeah. go to war. With Pan Am. With Pan Am. They so do, to hear yeah. him say, the most trusted airline in the skies. I think, I guess Aviator comes after this? Uh, slightly after this. Yeah, yeah, so I think he would have done that So that's, that, that's interesting. That yeah. he then goes to I war with his old... I say about 2004? Yeah. I don't know. So, um, and then there's a great... Um shot of him as he figures out if I can do the payroll check if I buy this Pan Am plane from like the gift shop, yeah and put him in a bathtub, I can get like, this little sticker off and I put it on the payroll check, it qualifies, and so we have two shots, one of a bathtub full of jets, <laughs> and then one of the floor and the floor is just littered in checks, which what? you know what three hundred dollars really month
3: it's really handy that those little stickers on the end of the aeroplanes are the same size as the ones on the checks. Like, that'd be awkward if they were different.
5: Very convenient.
0: Yeah. Very yeah. Con- good point. <laughs> I'd be really curious to go, like, how many... I don't want to read the whole book, but I'm like, how many of these are actually the things he did? Yeah. Like, 80%. Is this one of them? Because that,
4: that's, that's great. And when he bins the planes, surely there'd be a whole bin full of these planes and people go, what's
0: you planes. think some hotel person's <laughs> going i'm a little bit worried about the guy in room 3131 he's in the model planes all the same well, ones, i don't know though. i'd
5: like to think he's going to airports dressed as a pilot and like seeing random kids and like hey kid would you do like you, an airplane do you want a plane today oh, that'll be cool.
0: the greatest pilot thing you want me yeah. a pilot? here's a plane because all the pilots are like hey little lady do you want to be oh absolutely <laughs> you do absolutely <laughs> oh and so then we find out that um you know, I can't cash this now because the bank's not open but He because why don't you just go to the airport? And he goes, well, what do you do with the airport? Well, the, the, the airlines take care of their own. You can cash it there. And at this point, I'm like the price of poker just went up because you're going to go into an airport now mm-hmm. where everybody isn't like, wow, a pilot. All they see is pilots. So yeah. if you don't measure up in some capacity, you're going to be exposed. Yeah. Big time. Only a young person could pull this off. Yeah. you gotta- I would be terrified. <laughs> like well we are told later that he like avoids
5: pan am like when we get to the whole skyway man thing we're told he goes everywhere else but pan Am. that's clever if he's doing that when he goes up to cash the checks and he's going to maybe southwest to get it cashed maybe like they don't know the exact questions to ask to figure him out
0: yeah 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 true and so uh he tells his dad in a letter pack a bag we're gonna go to hawaii for christmas and get mum He's got a weird, optimistic outlook that he, somehow this is always going to work. Yeah, and he goes to the plane and he's supposed to be some sort of le- and he, he knows the lingo. And the pilots are like, "Hey, what are you doing here? You, you, you know, enjoy your free ride." He's like, "Oh, they got me puddle jumping across them. Da, 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 yeah, da, and I am <laughs> yeah, I am doing this, this, and this." And they go, "Oh, well, you know, nothing <laughs> wrong with that." And he yeah. pats him on the shoulder and they're like, "Go ahead and sit down." And he can't find where the uh, stowaway chair is, and the stewardess pulls it out for him and does it. And did anybody recognize who the stewardess was? No. I got a feeling that only Alex might know this. That is Ellen Pompeo who would go on to play Meredith Grey in the TV show Grey's Anatomy for like 16 seasons.
5: I got to go rewatch that now.
0: Yeah, that <laughs> is Ellen Pompeo. <laughs> like just before she gets big, she does that.
5: Oh, okay. Yeah, I so catch that.
0: Yeah, that is Catch Me If You Can. So that <laughs> is the, the yeah, that, that's Ellen Pompeo from from Grey's Anatomy. Hmm. Uh she looks a lot she, she looks a l- <laughs> Ellen Pompeo looked like she aged like 10 years overnight, like three episodes in the Grey's Anatomy. So she looks much different in Catch Me If You Can than she does on Grey's Anatomy. Oh, okay. So that's kind of where I'm going with that. Um, and then, uh, we get, and if you pay attention, uh, right behind, um, Leonardo DiCaprio during both parts of this airplane scene, you can see Max Spielberg, Steven Spielberg's kid. Oh, cool. Yeah. Huh. I didn't know. That. Actually, I don't know if it's this part or if it's the part when he's on the plane with Frank later on, or oh. Carl later on. Oh, okay. But yeah, Steven Spielberg's kid is in the uh, is, is in the shot because nepotism's good. Ah, uh, that's always good. And to be fair, I mean, shoot, we saw what was it? Um, Home Alone? We saw that was the John Hughes's father-in-law. Yeah, not The part yeah, as yeah. the cop at the door. <laughs> I guess that's what you do. Yeah. And then Frank fulfills a lifetime goal of mine. He hits on Elizabeth Banks because she plays uh, the bank teller who's yes. like gives them all the information yeah yeah. yeah. so That's much L-
2: love for elizabeth banks that is
0: elizabeth banks who i love um famous of course mean in the hunger Games. she's effie is that the girls is oh, that nice. her name? Yes. Effie. yeah yeah she's in uh she had a recurring pitch role in perfect. 30 rock she's in pitch perfect she's in zach and Mary. love Which me when sm-
2: is she in pitch perfect she's the presenter woman
0: Oh, she's in I the booth that with, with that with that guy who's yeah, always yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah
2: the amazing the racist announcers
0: yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I've seen her in something
4: else but I haven't seen what she's you're been, talking about. She, oh really? She's been yeah. in a lot
0: of things. She's great. Yeah, yeah. Love me Elizabeth Banks, and she gives him all the information about the, about the check machine that she can, which is clever. He just goes ahead and hits, you know, like, to cash a check and take you out for a steak dinner, and she basically says, "What?" Do you, and he's allowed like back behind the the, 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 the counter, and goes, it's okay. Mm. He's a pilot. <laughs> He's the 60s as well. but well. We can cr- trust him. <clears throat> This is what he does. He finds someone in the know and he asks them questions. This is what he does every step of the way. This mm-hmm. is always his step one. And so uh, then we cut to Carl. And Carl explains to us, which I think was needed, how he's pulling this off. Now, Ellie, I was curious at this point because you are famous for hating the explanation of how the stock market occurs in trading places. How are you at this point in the film when they're explaining to you how his check fraud is working?
2: Yeah, that was fine. okay. Like, like, it made sense and it was brief. Okay. So, yeah.
0: So we find out, which I didn't know, but the first two numbers tells you what part of the country that check has to be sent to in order to clear. Yeah. So he changes 01 New York for 112 California, and it takes two weeks for the checks to get there before they know it's bounced. So he can write dirty checks for like a fortnight. And then move on. And then move on. Yeah. Which I thought was really quite, okay, I understand how he's doing this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Giddy Mm -hmm. up uh and so then but carl like he's telling this and like no one in the fbi is respecting them they're like (laughs) laughing i'm going you should talk to my wife she does our checkbook like stupid carl (laughs) (laughs) and then we return to frank senior and frank jr has bought him a cadillac Mm. now as frank senior points out if you're being you know indicted by the irs um you really can't show up with a brand new cadillac out of the blue
4: i wonder what he did with that cadillac afterwards
0: Left it, (laughs) yeah. He would have done money. Don't know. Yeah, just left it on the side. The amount of stuff he buys his dad that dad can't use. It's it's not small. No, no.
5: You know something I picked up on is that you get this whole feeling throughout the movie that Frank Senior is you know he's a wealthy guy because they have the big house, they have the big car, which they of course eventually have to sell. But then we get this scene where he meets up with his dad while he's doing all these cons, and then we get this note of wow, this fork is so cold dead that's a chilled salad fork like this is a fancy restaurant so to me that's a hint that he might have the things but maybe he's never gone to the actual fancy restaurant
0: I think his fancy restaurant if you will his status symbol was his wife
5: mm-hmm.
0: and therefore home became the place that he did all that stuff with because the man who's high watermark is still you know it's the rotary club yeah you know what I mean like it's, it's, not, yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not it's not super presti- like it's an important no, thing yeah. in a community but it's mm-hmm. a prestigious thing it's like you know what business working men did yeah, not because he owns like, what is it like a a, um, a, stationary, a stationary shop? Store. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh-uh. but we find out the shop is closed. Uh, and in actuality, the real Frank Jr. never sees his father again after running away from home. Oh, so this is part of the 20. Oh, OK. And so what happens is this was brought in because Spielberg felt it would be a better a better narrative. Did he get to speak to him? though? Not that I know of. That was it. When he runs away from home, that's the end of it. That's so sad. Yeah. yeah, yeah, and Dad just wants to know where he's going and goes somewhere exotic, right? Tell <laughs> me. And he needs this escapism yeah, for does. the grind that he's going through and the fact that he has to do all these payments and he's never going to get out from underneath it. I think he knows this. He needs to know that his son is doing something better than he is. Yeah. And so Leo goes, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm going to, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to. Ho-. At first it was LA, and he changed it goes Hollywood. And the he goes, yeah, that's right. He said, everyone's looking at you everyone no no one's gonna be no everyone is and come here come close he goes the rest of us we're suckers and i'm yeah. like oh okay ellie
2: i think it's at this part of the film as well where dad also says that he's taking the train so when he yeah. refuses the car he says that he's been getting the train everywhere and doesn't want to like arouse any suspicion and that turns out to be super relevant at the end of the film
0: yeah mm. all aboard so um, all aboard back with Carl and his team, and they suck. They we do. find out he's left like he wanted like a really good like like hit squad, and he's been given like the two guys that no one else wants. <laughs> the rejects, uh, Lenny and Carl, if you will.
5: <laughs> yeah, good. <get the laughs> bottom
0: of the barrel. <laughs> That's it. And they are like you're always in a bad mood, and he goes, oh, you never tell a joke. You, know, you want to tell a joke? Oh, I tell a joke. Yeah, I tell a joke. Okay. Uh, knock knock. He's <laughs> there? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> to hear Tom Hanks say that. It was oh, funny. And he even delays and thinks about it. gives yeah, a yeah, smile yeah. and you go... And then, comes, <laughs> and then he just deadpans back to the wheel. <laughs> it's so good. It was good. Oh, I don't know if Tom Hanks is on Cameo, but I would pay him $100 to phone me up on my birthday and me, <laughs> tell me... Hey, tell you to fuck hey, off. Hey, Ian, this is Tom Hanks. Go fuck yourself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> totally go for that. <laughs> um, And so... um. Then they come across a motel though, and Frank is there as luck would have it. Mm. They say he's upstairs. Like really, yeah, he's upstairs. At this point, we see Frank's kind of like talking to some blind guy, going, "How's your knee? Oh, it's not very good. Well, keep your spirit up, but he's a nice kid, right? Yep. And so they go into the room. Uh, Carl does, and um, he says to he says to one of his assistants, though, if you do this right, I'll buy you a good humor bar <laughs> after we're done. Just help me get this arrest. And he goes into the room by himself, and you hear the flush of a toilet, and out comes Leo. But Leo's in, like, other persona mode now. He is Barry Allen from the Secret Service. He is. Now, I don't know comics well enough, but Barry Allen... Alex, do you know anything about this? It's The Flash.
5: Oh, yeah. Barry Allen's alter ego of The Flash.
0: Yeah. yeah. Which turned out to be a bit of a thing.
4: He would but borrow they showing, identities. They kept showing you comic books with The Flash.
0: Yeah, that wasn't real. Oh, okay. That's one of the things that oh, weren't real. Oh, okay. So... Um, but, I mean, what do you think about the scene? Because I really like this scene, but I want to back off for a minute here and go, like, this scene, the first time we get the two of them face-to-face There's about like three it. scenes, but I really like this one.
4: I like this one because Carl walks in with his gun poised and ready, and he's ready to catch him. Oh, he's him. so nervous. He is, isn't he? He's not meant for this. No, no. no. <laughs> he, he's the guy who does all the the um, adding up and ticking boxes and stuff. Yeah, he doesn't belong on the field. This no. is a, yeah, And uh, as soon as he comes face-to-face with him, even though Leonardo DiCaprio is very, sorry, Frank, is um, calm, he's not. No. He won't have a bar of it. No. He has to be convinced. Yeah. And I think that's so good. This scene is so good because he finally is convinced. And we think, oh, he's going to get away. Yeah. And every little bit when he calls him back, when he goes, oh, check, yeah. you know, and he calls him back, you think, oh, my God, he's got him. And he's like, no. And then he goes off.
0: <laughs> what do you think, Alex? I really
5: love the scene. I think it really sets up the two like their dynamic. So you get Frank's in the bathroom. Then you got Hanratty walks in and then we see all the evidence. So you've got the Micker encoder. You've got all the checks. So beyond a shadow of a doubt, Hanratty knows he's in the right place. Yeah. He's like, OK, here's where you go. Then you hear the toilet flush. And it's like, oh, God. and then he flinches. Now he's like shaking like, OK, OK, door opens gun to his head. Put your hands up
0: because he has no idea. Got, he has no idea what the guy looks like at this point. No, so don't we don't know, know who's coming out not. of that bathroom.
5: No, not at all. Yeah. As far as he knows, it's a crew of people doing this.
0: Yeah, yeah. And so... Um, oh, and he also picks
4: up the um, typewriter thing that he uses, doesn't he? He picks up the main bits yeah, of everything. Oh, yeah.
0: Like he yeah. knows it's takes there. Him with him. And he well, takes it with him. Well, Leo first goes, look, I'm Barry Allen Secret Service. And he wants, oh, see so is my ID. He goes, here, here's my, he says, take my wallet. And he throws the wallet. And he goes, look, my partner's got him. You missed him by 10 minutes. Look, he's putting him in the car. And it's the blind guy from earlier being yeah. helped in the car. And he shows, hey, Murphy, make sure you do this. And the guy just kind of like waves at him. Because why else would you do that? And it's, it's enough that, you know, I think you could, I could even forgive Carl for being fooled. No, I, I see, I can't in this bit really only because
4: um why does he take the major bits of evidence and says no you stay here while i just go downstairs he's
0: says, "I run these to evidence really quickly so it doesn't foul up i guess the theory being they're both in competition the secret service is fighting the fbi for the collar of frank abagnale Mm. the secret service evidence and they take well that's true their first ones they you know they've established the evidence i need to take it down with me
4: Oh, OK,
5: well, not that. But you can't have a crime scene unattended. So what he told him like, specifically was, hey, look, someone needs to watch this scene because last thing we need is housekeeping to come in and just start. cleaning Yeah, then we start losing evidence. Okay. So it's like, hey, I need to b- make a trip to bring this stuff to my car. Make sure no one comes in here like we need to maintain this crime scene. You're the only other agent. So I need you to be here and I'll come right back.
0: OK, now here's the question. Why does Frank let him hang on to the wallet?
5: I think at this point, it's to mess with him.
0: Because if you don't let him hang on to the wallet, he doesn't open it. He doesn't realize. He doesn't know, but he knows that he's been had. The minute yeah, he opens yeah. it, he knows he's been had.
4: Yeah. It makes, yeah. It's
0: the a film, game
3: by this point, the I think, film, isn't it? I think
0: the film needs us to see, to, 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 to do this. Tell, tell it's, it's an aha moment for us. Because if he just gets away, it's not nearly as enjoyable as it is with, when Hank's knowing he's got away. That's a much more interesting film to watch. And more
5: well, than, I think it's more of a flight or flight. Because you're he's there. Like Frank is in the doorway, hands full of checks and his micker encoder, which yeah. he needs in the doorway, and it's like, okay, I can either just go, Oh, you hold on to it and get up out of here as fast as humanly possible, or go back into the room right up to the agent trying to arrest you. I think it's kind of flight or flight, and he's like, you know what, I'm just gonna get you hold on to it.
4: Yeah, okay, that makes more yep. sense. He's
5: yeah. gonna be
2: exposed at some point anyway, isn't he? Absolutely. So it he really doesn't need what's in the wallet. It's just rubbish, isn't it? So just labels. Just so, goes, yeah.
0: So we cut back to, now it's Carl getting his, his ass handed to him back at headquarters <laughs> about what's going on. And I don't know if you noticed this, but one of his like assistants is behind him eating like an ice cream bar. Yes. That's a good humor bar. So, oh, is it? <laughs> he got one <laughs> anyway, <laughs> uh, whether <laughs> I was looking like, for it or not. It looked
5: like a Magnum.
0: Yeah, it's, it's, it's what we would call Magnum in this country. Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. It's like chocolate on the outside with yeah, like yeah. white yeah. vanilla ice cream on the inside. Yeah, yeah.
5: yeah. You think he got that ice cream knowing he was about to go into the meeting, watching his boss get rid-
0: <laughs> Just <sitting laughs> in the background, eating your ice cream. <laughs> nice. And so uh, we find out that that, that um, Carl's losing his, his reputation. He's like, "You you can be district chief if you keep your nose clean." Basically, if you if you like drop this guy and don't pay attention to him, don't worry about him. But the one thing you can't afford is for him to make you look bad, mm-hmm. and that's what happened. You were humiliated. And then we have a little sequence that just existed for like a James Bond love fest. <gasps> It was strange, it was wasn't very it? very strange. Yeah, I don't
4: understand that.
0: But Abagnale, Frank Abagnale, I've got in my notes here, which is a bit of a <laughs> fond love fest. He gets the same suit. We even have a sequence yeah. from a Connery film. I don't know if it was... I, I knew, think that was Goldfinger. Was it Goldfinger? Yeah. And he has the same suit, and the, 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 the musical score, like the, the theme of James Bond is playing underneath, and he even gets like the same car, yeah. and drives it around badly. On. Yeah. Badly. And he calls himself Mr. Fleming, which I thought was a nice touch. That was a good touch, yep. yeah. Because yeah. if you don't know, Ian Fleming is the writer of the James Bond novels yeah. that the movies, of course, are based off of. Now, and,
5: see, I made a note here that – this is what I was talking about earlier. I think this is part of that 20%. Okay. So we go straight from – like he's finding out about the Skyway Man, and he's like, oh, he's the James Bond of the sky. Yes, that's right. And then Frank right. kind of lets it go to his head. And he go, what does he do? He goes and he buys three Sean Connery suits. Then he goes and gets the James Bond car. So he's got the clothes, he's got the car. Goes to the fancy hotel, and what's the first thing that happens when he gets to the hotel? Well, the most attractive woman you've ever seen is right there in the hallway, and she just comes on to me.
0: And she's uh-huh. and she's basically a Bond girl. That's yeah, basically yeah. how. And it's the great introduction because we see a close up of his feet, and then we get her feet, and that was the introduction with these two feet. You know, the the sort of heels, and the, and we find out, and we we pan on out. And Liam, you said to me after a little bit, "That looks like Jennifer Garner." I <laughs> did, you? and I went. <laughs> Funny you say that, because it is Jennifer Garner. Yeah. Yeah, Jennifer Garner, who was in Juno. She was Electra.
4: It's such a small part, though, isn't it?
0: Yeah, she filmed this in one day. Oh, okay. Which, ob- I mean, yeah, obviously, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah. Uh, a great little scene, though. It is a great little scene. Uh, I don't know if she'd blown up huge yet at this point. I think she was just about to. When was Alias? About this time. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, yeah. So, um... And so he wants to know if he can get an autograph because he notices her as Cheryl from 17 Magazine. She goes, Do you have a pen in your room? And he's like, All right. And When, um, when, when he said 17 Magazine, was it that she was 17? Uh, Seventeen Magazine is a magazine for teenage girls. Oh, okay. So it would be based at their demographic, usually, I don't know, 12 through 15 or something like that. Oh, okay. And you'd have people kind of who they would look up to on the covers of those sorts of things. Oh, okay. Yeah. Seventeen Magazine Before is still Instagram. In- so, yeah, it's before Instagram. These were your influencers. Very well done. And so it's interesting, though, because they go into the room, and then you cut to Carl, and you hear this, like, uneven loaded washing machine, which I thought was a nice, like, um, subliminal, like, yeah, yeah, like yeah. sexual kind yeah. of thing. And brilliant. He's, and he starts yeah. talking about these, like, old ladies instead as he's doing his laundry on, like, a Friday night. Yet we cut back to Frank, and he's with this beautiful woman in his hotel room. But then we finds out she's a kind of a hooker.
4: Yeah. And, a con and she
0: wants thousand dollars for the sex they are about to have and um he's like all right i'm gonna go down he goes i'm gonna go cash this check she goes, i'll cash your check endorse it over to me <laughs> and he goes well no his checks are 1400 and she goes well here i'll pay you 400 so what happened was jennifer garner paid him 400 dollars to have sex yeah because the check's yeah. not good
5: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but can you, you know t- something else i noticed what's that he had a thousand dollar check like he's standing there like he's kind oh, of did a, he really? like shuffling yeah, he's shuffling through his checks. It's oh, like, okay, here's clever. a 350, here's a five hundred, a nine hundred, then there's a thousand. And, and I, maybe so the next knew. one's fourteen. And
2: I, think, I hope this story's true. I yeah. think
0: if she doesn't do that bit where she keeps making him raise the money, we're not cool with this. Yeah. But the minute she does that, we're like, Good for you, Frank. Yeah, yeah. she's classy. Yeah, yeah. She's she screws you over, you screw her over.
2: So, And
4: then they screw each other over Can you sign checks over
0: to people Yeah you can endorse yeah, a check Back in the day you can endorse it. Uh, I'm gonna, what was that You some, can do that today Here's a great can question you? When was the last time any of us wrote a check uh, Probably about a year and a half
5: ago. I mean I usually do money orders Because I don't like having that check float out there Because the person takes two weeks to cash a check then yeah. it's Like, So I use money orders But I do them every now and then
0: Georgia you're smiling in a way that suggests you've never had a check let me just check.
3: I've never had my own checkbook. No, um, I, I have. Written a, I have. Yeah, I've written. I've been able to have one. Um, I've just not ever needed one. I've not
0: written a um, check since at least two thousand two. Oh no! More. Like there is no need to write a check anymore. That I find not. Not now. Not <laughs> no. now. I guess. But
2: I've written one in the last couple of years. Yeah,
4: okay. I have. Last wow. couple of years. Only one though. I mean, nothing. Yeah. You know.
0: So you know, I guess Frank Abagnale's pay pay suppliers. Dried up, <laughs> bit bit different now in a digital I, I world. I hate
2: when someone gives me a check, though. It's, a, like it's just a pain. Ask I, or ask me if I'll take check. I'm like, I don't want to have to go to the no. bank. Go
0: away. I've never endorsed my check over to someone, but I've had someone else endorse their check over to me.
4: uh But what about the signature? No,
0: well, because so they they, they sign the back of the check for saying I get I endorse this check or I sign this check over to so and so, and they sign their name on the back. Okay. At least that's the way it was for me in Canada. Oh, Anything different okay. for you? We
3: could we could let the finance guy tell us.
5: Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, We could let
0: the bank employee go over it. Oh, really? Wow. Okay. <laughs> I did not know that. I'm
5: a, I'm a commercial credit analyst. I look at loans. Oh, okay. So how how it works is if the check's written out to you it has to be a personal check. You go on the back. You sign because there's like four lines on the back of a check. So on the top one, you sign your name, and then underneath, you put pay to the order of, you write the other person's name, and then they sign underneath that.
0: Okay. Oh, okay. So there you go. I have
2: a feeling that's not a thing in the UK anymore, maybe.
0: No, I don't even even know that was a thing. I never
2: came across that in the bank,
0: but I might. Because you used to work in a bank as well, right, Ellie?
2: Well, I used to work in banking complaints, so I didn't necessarily see everything, but I did have to deal with some check type things.
0: All right. So, uh, on the flip side, um, like I said, um, Frank got paid $400 for sex, and Frank has pink shirts. <laughs> yeah. Which was, yeah, it's a little, how how hard can this guy's life be? Oh, no. Uh, no. So, and then we have our first Christmas call, and this is where this is um, so he, he phones Carl at the office and says, I feel sorry for you. I'm sorry I embarrassed you. And Tom, Carl, every time he gets in, sort of on the line, he wants to ask questions and goes, how do you know I wouldn't open your wallet? And we get that line again from earlier, which we haven't talked about yet, but you know what? The Yankees always win because everyone's looking at the pinstripes and the answer is no, they have Mickey Mantle. That's why the the Yankees always win, (laughs) but it's a nice little adage. And he tells him, it's a mathematical certainty. You will be caught. And this is Carl. This is what Carl does. Carl's Carl's about them. Eventually the law of averages is you will slip up and I will be there and you will be caught. You cannot do this forever. And, um, he says, Where are you from? And he goes, Okay, I'm in, I'm in room 3113 at this hotel in this city. I'm going to Vegas tomorrow. And he goes, You're not going to tell me that. And then Carl susses out, You have no one else to call it Christmas. And he laughs at him, which was a bit harsh. That was a bit
1: harsh.
4: Yeah.
0: I don't think he knows how young he is yet, but it's not, a bit harsh. No. And then we see Carl get all, not Carl, we see Frank get all flustered and leave his room. And sure enough, Three, and one, they one, linger. Three? They lig- like we even have like a close up of Tom Hanks writing down three, one, <laughs> one, three, four, one. You're not really there. Well then why'd you write it down, Tom? Yeah, yeah. And then like a super lingering shot. Like it's almost like we need like a speech like a like a pop up video to go, That's the number from earlier. <laughs> he was really telling the truth. Um, they
2: like did it
0: have- have- Go ahead, Ellie.
2: They do have a rough age for him. Um, they just they said he was like late twenties. Well, it was like late
0: twenties, early thirties, which is like so rough. But that's, I guess, why this works because he looks older than he is, mm. apparently. Georgia,
3: it's fine. It's gone. Okay,
0: Sorry. Uh, and then we go back to uh, oh, in reality, Abagnale did not phone Carl every Christmas. Uh, did he ring him one Christmas? Yeah. No, he said, "Why would I do that? I don't want the FBI to know where I was." Y- yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs>
4: Why did they put that in?
0: Because the movie had to movie. Oh, okay. Because you had to create this, and it turns out they are really good friends, as we find out in the Chiron at the end. Yeah. But you need to have this idea of a relationship. There's two relationships he kind of fosters throughout. One is with his dad, and that never gets any better. In fact, it gets worse. Mm. One is with Carl, and against their better judgment, it improves. Yeah. And that's quite a nice story, As one decreases, one increases, and it's kind of like perfect balance in the universe, right? Yeah.
5: So what kills me here about that point is that you get him trying to develop this relationship. And the story here as the movie presents it, because we've already established that he didn't call Carl throughout. But as we have it now, it's a mathematical certainty. You will get caught. But if you think about it, every time they have this conversation or every time they have a Christmas conversation, Frank gives him something to tell him who he is. So we get the Yankees comment here, which lets him think he's from New York. So that lets him know about what region he's from. Yep. Then I guess we'll talk about it later. But the next phone call, he gives another clue. So yeah. if you take out these phone calls, he's never caught.
0: Yeah, that's a good point. Mm. And at least for the story of, of – because the, the real story of, how, of what happens isn't nearly as fun. Right, oh, at least oh, as really? far as the
5: movie's concerned. As far as
0: the movie's concerned, yeah. Yeah. And so um, we get a shot as Carl goes to. He finds out he goes looking for runaways in New York based on the Yankees comment, and we find out that Mrs Abigail is now married to Mr Barnes. And she's mm. Mrs Barnes, and the house that was used for this scene was the same house from the movies Father of the Bride and Father of the Bride Too, starring Steve Martin. Oh, really? Yeah, same hmm. same house. Just for what it's worth. I think I've seen the first one, but not the second. That's the same as me. Yeah. I saw the first one. It was all right. Yeah. see yeah, yeah. mm. the second one? Martin Short Show As you know me, when Martin Short shows up, I get out of there for the most part. <laughs> I'm not having that. No. And we find out Frank's in Atlanta. And uh Frank freaks out when everybody at his party is like treating his place poorly. And it's like we just got the Eddie Murphy scene from Trading Places yeah. all over again. Yeah, it was. It, it? it felt very similar to that. It felt weird. Yeah. Um, and then Frank goes to the hospital, and we meet a cute redhead in Pigtails, and it's Amy Adams. Amy Adams, yeah. She's very young in this. She's yeah. very young, and he learns about being a doctor. And hosp- so it's basically the same thing he did at the bank. He now does with the hospital with Amy Adams. Yeah. And this is Brenda Strong, played by Amy Adams, originally Chloe He's, uh She was in Big Love, was something that she was really famous for, where she plays one of three Mormon wives for Bill Pullman's character. They live in a Mormon estate. Uh she was in a few other things, but she was blacklisted from Hollywood for performing a live oral sex act on camera. Wow. Yeah. They wanted to make it like authentic, but as a result she just got blacklisted. Oh okay, And that okay. was the end of her real career for the most part. She still pops up occasionally, but she was nowhere near the star that she was supposed to be. It didn't hurt Rob Lowe. <laughs> no, but <laughs> I, I think that, that that that's that's the double standard of Hollywood. Yeah, it is, isn't it? Yeah. Yes, yeah um And so it took months to re- replace her, and apparently, eventually—well, uh, not apparently, because it happens. Amy Adams eventually cast because Spielberg loved her tape, oh. which is what you do if you cast yeah. someone. You go, "I yeah. like your tape. Go ahead and get cast." Yeah, yeah. And so Frank becomes a doctor, and he goes ahead and takes this crappy supervisory role under the basis of oh, hear I get to choose my own nurses, which today you're like, that's creepy. It's very, yeah. <laughs> but back then yes. it was like, oh, he gets to choose his own nurses. And if I'm these nurses, I'm like, wait, I had a nice, cushy day shift, and now I'm going to midnights because this guy won- – <laughs> what? Nah. Tell you what, well, if someone who's had to work midnights, you're not like, yes, nah. midnights.
5: Well, that also brings up the idea. If he gets to choose his nurses, is there a scene that we kind of left out but that had to happen where he goes and meets all the nurses so that he can select who he wants?
0: because <sighs> <laughs> he only knows the one nurse well, i think yeah i think he probably something very similar to what happens when he does the pan am program and he invites all the nurses in and they have a little bit of a talk <clears throat> back because back to the pinstripes, right have the most attractive nurses on the midnight shift and then no one's noticing how incompetent you are yeah true. um and so uh he learns about how to be a doctor from books and films and there's a key shot of him going you know do you concur <laughs> uh Brenda. I can, I can Brenda gets her braces off because they were early on and he go and she's like like basically like like, like thrusting her teeth in his <laughs> face the whole scene. And he kisses her and goes, No, I'm sorry I shouldn't have done that. And then she like mounts him <laughs> yeah. and sloppily kisses him. Mm. And in order to achieve the way he wanted her to sloppily kiss Leonardo DiCaprio, Steven Spielberg asked Amy Adams to pretend she was starving to death and eating a cheeseburger. <laughs> <laughs>
1: <laughs> which I, I thought so was... So much tongue.
0: There was a lot. It was a messy kiss. A <laughs> um, <laughs> messy kiss. And I thought Amy Adams did a great job being the woman who, you know, is supposed to be a bit of the ugly duckling, like the girl who's like, you know... She, she, she did really well. She's punching above her weight, which is saying something, because Amy Adams is gorgeous. She is, yeah. But they actually had you she believing old, right? she's the nerdy, unattractive... Yeah, yeah, yeah. She's the damaged goods. Mm-hmm. So... um and so then, uh, he gets called to help of actual, well, we're told a surgery, but it's just like a kid's yeah. got like a, a gashed open leg. And we get a concur, you know, he goes, Oh, what happened? Well, a kid's fallen off his bike and he, uh, he needs, uh, he's, he's got a wound in his leg. And he goes, to the doctor he goes, Do you concur? <laughs> and he's like, Well, what do you mean? <laughs> do you concur? Well, I, uh, and the theory is, you don't think it's, it's a fact. It's not like a theory. A theory would be like, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. we should do this. Do you concur? Yes, I also think we should do this. If I said, you know, it's december twenty first. Do you concur well, well I don't have to concur. It is, no, it, it's, it is it's a fact. It is, yeah. yeah. But it was a. Fun, afterwards, oh why didn't I've been the yeah, I've been the guy who's like all <laughs> anxious and nervous at work and goes, Oh, why did I concur? I should have concurred. <laughs>
5: <laughs> well been, if you think back to it, when he first gets the job, he's told by whoever the administrator is, the guy that hires him. That, hey, we only have this job, it's night shift, and basically you're just babysitting yeah. six interns. Sp- so yeah. these are like fresh doctors who don't really know what's they going on. They don't know so anything. that kind of plays into the, oh, my God, I should have said it. And obviously
0: he's been banking on this one guy who apparently works the shift with him, this one real doctor. And yeah. he's in surgery already. He's like, <laughs> damn it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so then we get a little bit of, um. well, before that, Frank Sr. meets Carl and uh, frank senior comes up with this great story for where, where's my son he's in vietnam fighting the communists on behalf of his country he's not a criminal and, and this is the part where i'm going okay movie you don't have to be this lazy because carl happens to walk over to the night table or sorry table and find this like half opened letter that says yeah. dear dad yeah. and then like has the address on the like would you put your would you put your address on it if you're frank jr i don't know if you do that
2: Think it's well, on. Was the it frank, the address or, or it? was it just the... Yeah, it uh, was on the,
0: the front. Georgia, wasn't it? No, there, there was there, yeah. there, there was like a label, and it had like his full name and address. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did
2: it? Yeah, it was on the.
3: Oh, front I only saw the yeah,
5: Franking.
0: Yeah. No, no, it was like it was like one of those labels you get made up and you stick on the front and go, yeah. "Here's where I live." No, you wouldn't, would you? No, you wouldn't. No, but the well,
5: movie, you have to, you could do, put a different address, but how the U.S. Postal Service works, you have to have the return address of where it's coming from.
0: Could um, you could yeah but you can make one up yeah
5: oh yeah not to say he definitely couldn't have made that up but then again. He's writing his dad. So maybe he's expecting a letter back. So if that's the case, you'd probably want to have the actual address.
0: See, that's interesting. I don't, I don't know if in, in the UK you have to have your address in the back of it in order to send it off on a personal letter. No, you don't. No, or you from Canada. I've gotten stuff from Canada without a address. Oh, actually, I'll tell you what. I had someone deliver a Christmas card to someone here. and It, it, it was the wrong place. I tried to find who it belongs. It didn't forever. And they didn't put an address in the back. So I couldn't even return it to the sender and gone, sorry, guys, wrong address. So yeah, that's unfortunate. Cultural differences. Yeah, yeah. There we go. <laughs> uh, and then we find out Brenda's backstory and she had an abortion. And then when she did that, her parents kind of di- disown her and leave her out to be, living. It was well, what happened if you were engaged to a doctor? And so we go off to, to new Orleans. <laughs> then we find out all's forgiven. If that happens. Yeah. All's forget, man. If you come back with a doctor, everything's okay uh... from Louisiana. This is, this is sort of your part of the world we're into now, Alex, Oh, yeah. And they get asked, are you a Lutheran? What is a Lutheran? A Lutheran is a form of of, of, of Christian. It's a form oh, of, okay. of, 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 the, of the Christian church. It's, it's kind of, you I, know, I know, it's a different flavor of Catholic,
5: Catholicism. Yeah, oh, okay. It's just kind of. flavor. I like yeah.
0: that.
5: Mm. Part, so like how you have part like of the Bible belt. or Episcopalians, yeah. is, it's just another sect. Oh, okay. Yeah. Not so like Scientology.
0: Lutheran's not like uh, Pentecostal. It's not a sort of uh, clappy, clappy sort of as, as as that might be. Oh, okay. Uh, it's just a kind of, you know, it's kind of kind of Christianity that Martin Sheen would probably. It's not like it's not like Anglican. It's not like solemn. Oh okay. It's a little bit more than that. Oh, but yeah. Right. Uh, and so he gets asked if he'll say Grace. And he <laughs> he just repeats <pretends laughs> the, the mouse story. And like uh Martin Sheen's not feeling it. But like the mother's like that was beautiful.
2: I love how he just tags Amen. Amen the on the end, end. of it.
0: <laughs> And now he wants to be a lawyer. He's going to give up medicine and go back to law. And he says he went to Berkeley, just like her father. And there's a little fake kind of, you know, so and so. Well, yeah, what was his dog? Oh, he died. I felt like Martin Sheen's character was fishing too quickly. It's like he gets no, that was sus- a test. He gets suspicious way too quick. Yeah, and then he's thrown off the scent way too quick. Yeah, like if it was yeah. a gradual thing, that would have been better. But like once he passes the first test, he's in.
4: Yeah, it just seems it just seemed odd.
5: Well, I think the real test is that he knows, like, oh, you're a lawyer. Well, you know, because they make the comment, or the wife makes the comment that, oh, you know, it's really hard to find assistant prosecutors. So the dad knows he's gonna have to take the Louisiana bar. So if he fails the bar, obviously he's lying about Berkeley.
0: Yeah, true. I suppose so. Yeah, yeah. They cast Martin Sheen because apparently he has an intimidating presence. <laughs> yeah, I don't know if old man Martin Sheen strikes me as an intimidating what? presence.
5: I think he has the ability to do it, but it's not his default.
0: <sighs> Almost, because we did Martin yeah, Sheen in yeah. The American President.
5: Yeah, I've seen yeah, him a lot yeah, in The yeah. West
0: Wing. You and I watched him in Apocalypse Now, Apocalypse now for nine hours. He went intimidating. He wasn't intimidating in that. Like right. I'm just like I, he's
2: not intimidating in this at all. But
0: like the cinematography tries to help him out because he's a short man too. Mm. Oh, we all watched The Departed this summer at some point. I'm pretty sure. So like you know, like he's not an intimidating man. No, I don't know. Um but I guess Leo's just kind of just scared and that's good enough. And well, so you're 17.
5: Yeah. yeah.
0: And Roger wants to know the truth. The and he whole says, truth. What's a man like you doing with Brenda? And I'm like, first, I'm like, Ouch. Mm. But I'm like, Is he wrong? No. Because, like, you know, she's, she's, she's kind of dim. She's kind of simple. She's got this bad past. He's this, supposed to be this, like, super genius doctor lawyer who could have theoretically any woman he wants if his story checks out. You're going, our daughter, really? <laughs>
5: well, keep in mind this is the same guy who disowned his daughter.
0: Yeah, yeah, that's true. Exactly. That's a hard part. I from this guy I didn't see a guy who would have disowned his daughter. No, exactly. I didn't I did not see this. Especially your only sibling. Your only child. Child, yeah. yeah. Um and so he goes, Well, I'm just I'm I'm not a doctor. Yeah. I'm not a lawyer, I'm not even a pilot. I'm just a kid. I like this honesty again. And I, and I think he's, I think Leo spends the whole, that character spends the whole film looking for a father figure. Yeah, he does. Yeah. And this is the moment where he's trying to actually come clean to to Roger. Mm-hmm. And Roger goes, no, that's not it. You're romantic like me. <laughs> We're nothing without the women that we love. And he's like, oh, okay, I guess so. Do
4: you know, whenever he's being honest and truthful, no one, <laughs> no one, one ever believes
0: him. <laughs> no. And nope. He, even when he says, the, like the, would I lie to you game or whatever, it was yeah, at the start yeah. to tell the truth. And so I could ask the question you came here to ask me. And he goes, okay, what would I have to do in order to take the bar in New Orleans? (laughs) (laughs) He goes, no, I mean the the, the other question. And then we go back to the post-arrest timeline and Carl wants to know how he passed the bar in New Orleans. And this was a fun thing for the second half of the film. Yeah, it was. And he's got an eclair on his thing. And he's like, give me half that eclair and I'll tell you. <laughs> Hanks just grabs the eclair and like shoves it in his <laughs> mouth. <laughs> he goes, I'll find out. <laughs> <laughs> and then back to old tricks. And we go back to the old the sort of the, the prime timeline. And he's studying via film, TV, and books. And he gets it a little bit wrong in practice when he tries to like make this great speech yeah. to the jury. And there's no jury. There's no defendant. It's just a preliminary hearing.
5: See, I thought this was a little out of character for him. Because we've spent this entire movie showing how intelligent Frank is, how he's able to do all this. Like, do you mean to tell me he didn't see 12 empty seats to his right and then say, ladies and gentlemen of the jury? Yeah, I think.
0: And that it wouldn't wouldn't get back to your boss? Yeah.
5: Like that. I think that whole scene, like, just was kind of off.
0: I agree. I agree. I think it's a laugh for the audience because I think they felt we needed one. But it doesn't line up with the character that we've seen to this point. No. It's some guy, not
2: like a hearty laugh, is it? It's, oh, it's like a... It's just like a...
0: Huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Like, <laughs> it's like a dope... I'll tell you what was <laughs> weird was this next scene, which I've called Has Anybody Here Seen Kelly? Which is some sort of family programming where everybody gets together and sings as they watch the TV. Yeah, that was odd. And Brenda and her dad, like, like cozy up while they're watching this? Yep. Mm. Bit weird. weird. Yeah. Um... Uh, and Frank tries to fake the words, and we see him trying to join in and fake the words. He's trying to, and I've done this when you're like everybody else knows a song, and like I'm gonna join. But then we cut to a point of view shot of him watching the TV, and the words are on the screen. They are, yeah. <laughs> he doesn't need to be faking. It's, it's literally It's literally subtitled no, no. the whole way through. He's-
2: but he's actually singing the tune, and he doesn't know the tune, so he can see the words, but he doesn't oh, know what no, he's, he's like dealing sp- with
0: He's them. a split second late on each word, like you would be when you're trying to fake along that you mm-hmm. know what you're singing. Yeah. But timing's what? off, not just the pitch. Because anybody can forgive a bad singer, but like, there's no reason for you to be out of time.
2: Because he's waiting to hear what notes the people oh, next to him are singing. This is you using
0: your musical thing and uh, giving people uh. way too much credit.
2: Because is melodies... literally what I do if I don't know but, the song. But melodies are
0: repetitive. Like you would, it wasn't a complicated melody at all. No, it's quite I think he's easy. Never picking.
2: heard it before.
0: I'm,
5: I'm, you know, I don't think he was trying to sing, or I don't think that was the problem. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, he was definitely trying to sing. That was, I shouldn't have said that, but I think it wasn't the lyrics or him trying to sing along that was giving him problems. Because he spends that whole scene, he's not looking at the TV. He's looking back and forth between like Martin Sheen and his daughter and the wife on the other side. They're just in a living room, happy, having a fun time. And I think he's getting flashbacks of at the beginning of the movie when it's his mom and dad being happy in the living room. So I think he's kind of getting flashbacks so he can't really sing it right.
0: And we actually have yeah. a, uh, a a reinforcement of that when um, Roger and his wife are doing the dishes and they're kind of swaying back and forth as they do that. And it's very, it's very intimate. And he, but again, he goes back to his balls. weird. He goes weird back to his voyeuristic ways, and just kind of like watches them. And he's like, "Yeah, you, you, you wash those dishes." <laughs> <laughs> oh
2: no, this scene's really cute. No, it is really
0: cute. But I, I, I still want. It's just. <sighs> it's i imagine it's hard to actually do this across where, where he looks at it and you're going oh it's really touching but the look on his face which it, it always just came off a little bit weird yeah just, when he, he was watching it's
2: because it's, it's because it's the same song that his mom and dad danced to was it but he still yeah. looks a bit creepy he
0: still looks a bit creepy that's my thing mm, yeah. um and then we have christmas phone call number two and frank jr just wants it to be over uh, he wants a truce he tells uh, Carl, "Stop chasing me." Carl says, "I can't do it. It's my job." And Carl's got two guys working with him now on Christmas Eve because they're, yeah. they're getting close. And he goes, "It's okay. I just thought I'd ask." But hey, Merry Christmas, huh? And he says, "Like I'm getting married. Slow down." And this, as as Alex said, tips off the FBI that let's look for uh, let's look for engagement announcements because you know, as you can't uh, change his name. Yeah, you can't change your name if you want to keep the girl. No. So the way it works with marriage is usually it's the woman who changes her name, not yeah. the man. So, you know, and we go to the engagement party and, and he's trying to come clean because he sees Carl pull up. And so he grabs Brenda and gets her to a thing and goes, you know, a name doesn't matter, right? A, a, a name is not important. And I had flashbacks to 1994's Romeo and Juliet and him going, what's in a name? <laughs> had I written it down, I would tear the word.
5: I would say another name, not be so sweet.
0: Yes, exactly. <laughs> at this point,
4: when he's pulling the suitcases off with the, the money in them. There's so much money. Why try and grab clothes?
0: Uh, also, Just grab my- the suitcases, go, buy some more clothes on the run. Like he's Hear me out on this. And uh, maybe you have to read the book, obviously, to get this. He's making money now. Yeah. He's l- legitimately passed the bar under a fake name, but he's legitimately passed the bar. What reason? And he's living with his in-laws. What reason does he have to be passing bad checks around at this point? Habit, habit now, isn't it? It seems to me he just can't stop doing it, it's compulsive. So he goes to his dad later, doesn't he? And say, You know, ask me to stop, ask me to stop, yeah. And so, um, he says, and she's not buying it, she's like, You're Frank Connors, and you're 28 years old. And he's like, No, I'm Frank Abbott now, I'm like 17. <laughs> Well, yep. I don't
5: think he tells her the age, or I don't think he gets there. Does Doesn't he not
0: get that he far? Does.
2: He says something about he ran away from school like a year and a half oh, ago and okay. he was 16 or something. Oh, or ran away from home. Yeah. So it, it does say how old he is. Hey, you yeah. know
0: what, Alex? This one's for you, buddy.
2: There's a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah. laughs>
0: Ah. <laughs> usually we have to have those for no, It's totally yeah. fine uh I, I deserve five of them an episode uh and he's gonna says meet me in two days at miami international airport it's a 10 a.m flight remember to, and he she repeats it and back repeats it. Yeah, so right. that we know i mean it's more for us than it is for her i think yeah, yeah, yeah. and so he's going to escape through a window again it's like more romeo and juliet that's mm-hmm. what he does he leaves her by going through a window and then Carl's walking up to the bedroom, and he sees a little piece of money like fall from under the window and fly around. And yeah, that that, that is a, that is a Forrest Gump reference. It, it is. Yeah. Oh, okay. so I was going to say it's very Forrest Gump. Do, 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 do. <laughs> So George Harvey went. I don't like this. <laughs> <laughs> it's icky. <laughs> it and, is
3: icky. And so you know we, who else is icky for most of his most of his films? Leo.
0: He's Leo? icky. All
3: right. Leo's icky.
0: Um, yeah. Miami International Airport. Um... Amy Adams shows up, but she looks around and it's clear she's like either wearing a wire or the cops are in on it. And he like gets out of the car, he's all happy, and then like like scurries back in. And for the number of people we see who are supposed to be working this beat, mm-hmm. the fact that not one of them sees him get out, the guy they're looking for, the guy who they know what he looks like, yeah. and scurry back into his car quickly, I'm like, you guys all deserve to be fired. Absolutely. Someone should have seen him.
5: Um, see, I actually wrote a note in my Well, in my notes here that like none of these people have any chill for the FBI. Like all of them are supposed to be doing something, but they're not doing it. They're all very clearly hawk-eyed on the crowd. Uh, special, sh- and I wrote this in my notes. Special shout out to the guy just on the roof with a giant, obnoxiously <laughs> large. <laughs> <therapy> <laughs> just looking like he's not even like really laying down. He's just like, all right, where is he at? Like yeah.
0: the, you don't see in the shop, but there's this like tower. They're like like trying to pretend like they're wrenching up. If you pan in. up, it just is a giant sign that says, "We're the FBI." Does <laughs> no, no. no. That's in the director's cut. That's the director's cut. It zooms out. And oh, you get the like, it, something? <laughs> Frank, the we're watching <laughs> you. <laughs> and so he's got to figure out how he's going to get out of there. And I'll give him credit; he does feel badly that she's not coming with him.
4: Oh yeah, because he generally because they ever. were gonna
0: they were able to they could live out the rest of their days. And it's another yeah. relationship that doesn't that, that lets him down. Yeah. And so um, then he goes into a recruiting program, which is a fun little bit. He needs to find eight women to join him on a PR relations for Pan Am throughout Europe. And they'd go through a really quick montage, and I just got to hit the one who goes, "Hi, we'll be flying today at six thousand miles an hour at an altitude of three hundred feet."
5: <laughs> <laughs> I loved that.
0: And the eight stewardesses walk with him into the airport, and that's the single image of this film I always remember. Yes, yeah, him flanked by the four on each side, and it's again back to the why do the Yankees always win? Because they're looking at the pinstripes, and they are every. And it's like every cop has never seen a woman before, <laughs> every one of them. Yeah. And they're going right. He gets in an airport. I understand how he gets on the flight out of Miami. Okay, what happens with the girls? Do, oh, how do, do they get? On? Does he get eight of them yeah, on a flight? I thought that at the same when I was watching. Are there it? eight extra seats just kicking them out for stewardesses who don't know how to do their job? And if you ask them any questions, they're not getting past like the first step. Yeah.
5: I'm thinking he gave him the slip. Like I sort think of he like, m- All right, girls, I'm gonna go get a coffee or something. I'll be right back. I wonder yeah. if they
0: shoot that and you cut it because it makes him not likable. Let's just forget about it and hope they don't ask. Yeah. You clearly yeah. have not heard of our podcast, Mr. Spielberg. Yeah, <laughs> we are so asking. Uh, Steve, when, 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 when you come on in, in, in a couple of months and, and do the <laughs> show. Yeah, you have, to, you have to answer that one. All right. Mm-hmm. There we go. So um, and so <laughs> meanwhile, one of the cops goes, I should have been a pilot. <laughs> um and then carl and company hear about a guy in a pilot outfit up out front which was really clever and they come on out and they go oh he just paid a hundred dollars to wear a suit and pick some guy up from the airport yeah and they go well, who is it and rather than tell it because i know why the movie does this because you have the visual joke of course but rather than just say it or have the son of a he goes out and gets it out and of course his hat hand ratty mm. and of course carl looks like an idiot again we cut to seven months later and he's no longer making counterfeit checks we find out he's making real checks Mm-hmm. And Carl wants to go to Spain with the logic he's running out of checks. Now, as we find out, Carl couldn't be more wrong. He's not run out of checks. No. In fact, he's got lots of checks. <laughs> um, he's
4: got to go and check that he ain't
0: got checks. <laughs> but don't go to the Czech yeah. Republic. <laughs> That's too far. Um, hey, that's too many jokes. You just got to check yourself. <laughs> oh, before we wreck no, ourselves there, there we go. <laughs> oh God, check 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 check. Oh, that's good. So, um, theoretically, mate. I
3: got one.
0: Here's here's my thing. <laughs> Re- received. Um, here's the thing. If your theory, if your Carl's, and he's running out of checks. You know what's got to happen then? He's going to stop. He's either stop or he's going to come back to Make America. Heart. Oh, yeah, yeah of There's no reason for him. He doesn't have to catch him in Spain. Just catch people at the, you know, highlight the airports. Why, why would he have to come back to America? Because he needs more. Che- the theory is that he's running out of checks, so he needs to find pick up more checks, which apparently only exist in America, we're led to believe. Oh, okay. Until they then go to a printer's, which was a heck of an idea to wait for this long on the film to do so. It was. And then we find out that actually they print these in the U, not in the U.S., but maybe back in Britain or Germany or France. France, France. France. <laughs> <laughs>
3: And this is on- like me doing an escape room, going, yeah. it must be that one.
0: <laughs> and i got to be honest with you. I totally forgot his mom was French. At this point in the movie, I didn't pick up the... Really? Sip. I'm glad they went, remember his mother was French. And I went, oh, yeah.
5: Well, see, what happened was Thanos' dad did the snap and Frank lost half his parents. <laughs> yes. So we just forgot about his mom.
0: And so uh, <laughs> 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 and so we go to his mom's hometown of mont Yes. also known again as quebec city uh and frank's got himself a whole print and press yeah uh and carl says he's got two dozen police officers out front it's christmas frank doesn't believe him he goes "It's oh, christmas why are we always meeting at christmas carl and carl's like yeah settle down <laughs> yeah. <laughs> we're going outside and it became this great cat and mouse game of are there actually cops outside or aren't there because we see carl walk up by himself and so um Leo's not feeling it. He's like, no, 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 you're faking me. You're faking me. What were people's thoughts? I thought Carl was faking him.
5: You know, I was sitting here thinking that this was sort of a reversion of what we got earlier of when they first met in the hotel room Yeah, because we get the, oh, well, I'm secret service. Here's my guys outside the window. Mm -hmm. And then we get another bit here where it's like, oh, there's two dozen cops outside. Well, let me just look out the window.
0: And the phone rings and he says, no, no, he's coming out. And it's like, it could be anything. I mean, you see him walk up by himself with just this choir singing on Christmas Eve. And so I thought he was faking it. Oh, yeah. I, I thought he was faking.
3: That phone call reminded me the, of the one where the guy, what was it, the film that we watched where he called The Grocery Guy?
0: Oh, that oh. was, uh, what was that? Well, that was a recent one. Uh, oh, that was not. It was, no, it was uh, Angels and Dirty Faces. Yeah, it was.
3: Yeah, yeah. that's it. Yeah, and he calls the grocery
0: car. which is doing know, remarkably well, if I may say so. Yeah, yeah. I did not think that film was. Gonna, I was going. to That's my lowest down. No, I did a day one. It wasn't the lowest. <laughs> it had uh, already passed Some like it hot, which is our lowest downloaded one ever. So yeah, past a hundred now was it? Yeah, hey, that's good. Hey. hey, yeah, well, we'll 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 happy with that. Yeah, um, and so um, yeah, and so then he finally gets outside, and at first they make you think he's faking him. Because no one's there.
4: But I didn't think he was. I don't know why, but I just didn't think he was.
0: It wouldn't have with Frank's honest- MO. There was too much oh, sorry, honesty. Carl's there. MO. Yeah, yeah.
4: There was too much honesty there.
0: Well, then all the cops pull up. And a uh, little known fact, or a little, little little fun fact here anyway. Um, the real life Frank Abagnale Jr. is the French officer that arrests Frank on Christmas Eve. Aww. So the real guy is that guy there uh abigail's capture is not actually a tent standoff in real life um it was less dramatic because someone saw abigail on a wanted poster and recognized him when he was shopping for groceries well <laughs> not as fun a story no i suppose they, <laughs> I suppose they couldn't really sort of put that in the movie could they no so we cut sorry uh alex were you say something
5: no i wasn't i was thinking back in well this is just another comment i had but since i have the opportunity um I was thinking that as far as Carl's M.O., like I imagine he went to the French police and was like, hey, here's this criminal. We need to go get him. I'm FBI. And then there might have been some kind of conversation with the chief because we mentioned a chief, Luke, where it's like, okay, let me get the men together and we'll go. I think it fits with the M.O. that Carl at this point is panicking. Like, no, Frank's going to run. He's never in one place too long. Yeah. So he kind of rushed out first. And that's how we get the dramatic
0: entrance of the cops. Oh, could be. Yeah. Um, And so we, sorry go ahead georgia
3: what does mo mean is it motive
0: modus operandi modus operandi
3: what does that mean i assume it's latin method of basically operation motive. basically
0: yeah what's your mo is basically what's your standard procedure
3: so i kind of i know what it means like in modern but i was like like in context i could okay. have like used it but yeah. i didn't i just i've only ever heard it referred to as mo, MO. it must stand for something
0: yep uh, Closer to home We find out He wants to phone his dad Find out that his dad's dead mm. uh, Which was harsh And we don't even And that, that, that's the first time We find out about it too Which is yeah, really yeah. interesting Uh, By letting us experience it At the same time he does And we find out That he broke his neck Running for a train <sighs> Yep And so if you're Frank <laughs> if you, Come back If you're yeah. Frank Jr You could feel really bitter At the government Yeah you could yeah. And you could feel mm-hmm. Really bitter at his mum. Yeah Yeah Yeah, yeah. So um, he goes ahead and he starts sort of having like violent, I need to be ill, I need to be sick, I'm going to throw up. And say so let him go into a toilet. And then sure enough, he escapes out the toilet. I think he's being genuine at this point. I think, is, just like is... when he's, I think it's just like when he's sick and when he makes a run for it as well. I think it's both. I don't think he's exploiting it. No, I just think well, he's just being an opportunist. He's, he's being opportunistic, but I don't think he's faking being distraught. No, no. I think he really had to no, do I that. I think he really is, yeah. And in actuality, this did not happen either. Oh, okay. Do you know what actually did happen, Alex? I do not Oh okay He escaped through the kitchen gallery Where, where the food goes in the plane Oh so he did escape He does escape the plane But he doesn't go through the toilet Oh okay So uh, Back He goes back to His mom's new house Which I don't know how he knows How to get there No Because she's moved It's not the same house as before It's a different house And Frank sees a sister Through the window um, She just watches Frank Get arrested And it's like she's Macaulay Culkin At the end of Home Alone Like waving in the window <laughs> It's like the cops Take him away <laughs> And he goes, get me in the car. Put me in the car. Carl, put me in the car. Get out of the car, Carl. Get out of the car. Get out of the car. Stop the car, Carl. <laughs> he made me sound like a police officer. <laughs> and he's sentenced to 11 years in prison in isolation. Yeah, I don't think that'd be true. I just, just No isolation. No. He's not killed anybody. I guess the, the thing is like he's able to manipulate everybody so easily. Mm.
5: Well, I think that was a recommendation because I think that's up to the warden, not the judge okay yeah he said i'm recommending you for isolation yep
0: um and then carl visits frank at christmas and he's on his way somewhere else but he just happens to drop by hey what do you got in the bag oh it's this check thing and he puts it up there and frank solves it in like two seconds i call shenanigans
4: on this all right if carl had gone in going right merry christmas and all this but you know you what you did in the past don't suppose you can have a look at these for me yeah that would have been more plausible not oh just by chance i just haven't had these
0: i don't think this scene actually t- i think the, the second one where they go into a room and he sort of like auditions yeah i think that's much more likely to have happened yeah but this christmas oh what do you, oh it's just some work like it was it was a very much a forced conversation
4: where if yeah. where I'd, I'd have been more believable if he would have gone in and said look i know you're in prison for this but here just look this for me yeah do you know what i mean
5: well unless Carl was just trying to bait him oh you know I just have some fraudulent checks here. yeah never,
2: is, is, is that Carl no who just carries around some random fraudulent checks on Christmas
0: you've like, never <laughs> you've never hung out with Carl on Christmas. this is the this is the first Christmas he's had off in years not and he's gonna party <laughs> what what did you think we were exclusive Frank there's other forgers that I have relationships with as well he's gonna check that off his list oh uh, and so Frank then begins to work for the FBI and he doesn't know to do with his time especially his weekends mm. and uh, he walks by a shop and sees a pilot's uniform there and we all go oh I remember that part of the movie yeah it's been an hour and a half <laughs> but I do remember it
4: but not any point that I think he would try again okay I just thought that was like a flashback to what he what he had done
0: on a side note they do show him on the fbi's most wanted list uh but in real life however he would he did not make the fbi's most wanted list because that's reserved for violent people yeah yeah yeah. Uh, but he goes to the airport he's gonna go for a runner and carl wants to know how he passed the bar in louisiana that's not me skipping stuff that's the actual first line he says as he approaches him he does and uh he says you'll be back he goes how do you know you'll be back because look around no one's chasing you and off he goes And he's a little bit late, but he he makes it back. But there's a great shot. They're going over one more new forgery thing on a blackboard. And if you look at the bottom of the blackboard in this mission, at the bottom it says, Tom, Steven and Tom's fourth project Uh, in the bottom left-hand corner. And, of course, this is Steven Spielberg and Tom Hanks' fourth project together after Band of Brothers, Saving Private Ryan, and Joe versus the Volcano, which I forget that Spielberg did. Yeah.
2: That's so cute.
0: Yeah. And so Frank comes back, and he goes, how did you pass the bar in Louisiana? Which, of course, the, we, we all want to know the answer to this, too. So when he, they're baiting him, they're baiting us as well. i like, yeah. tell me this. And he goes, I didn't cheat. I studied for two weeks, and I passed, <laughs> which is great. And then we find the Chiron. He's been married for 26 years. He lives a quiet life in the Midwest. He designs many of the secure checks that banks use, and they pay him millions of dollars a year. And Frank and Carl are still friends to this day. And that's our film. Yeah. Did you know there was a musical adaptation of this? No way.
2: No. At all. no. I think I did. A
0: Broadway show. It ran for six months on Broadway. It ran for several years through tours and and previews in other cities oh, as well. Oh
3: god, yeah. And I it didn't was, realize it was this story. It was
0: nominated for a Tony for Best Musical, and the guy playing Frank won Best Actor at the Tony's. Oh okay. so it it wasn't wildly successful, but it was all right. Do you think on the poster it said catch it if you can? if they didn't they missed an opportunity jeez and that's more or less the film so at this point it's just we're in the end game now and we are in the end game now so I mean what people think about this I really still liked it It's, it's not a great work of cinema No. it's a fun movie to sit down and watch it is
4: and you're always rooting for him through the whole thing Yep. you know what he's doing is wrong what he's doing is bad, but you kind of root for him.
0: I think because you see him ripping off like faceless corporations and yeah. banks. You're like, yeah, especially yeah. when you see what happens to his dad. You're like, yeah, you should take him for all their worth. Because we skipped over that bit where his dad goes, you know, he says, dad, tell me to stop running. And he goes, yeah. dad's like, you keep him. You, you, yeah. you, where are yeah. you going? Somewhere exotic? He just wants someone to say stop. Yeah. And the only person who actually does that is Carl. Yeah. So interesting. I'm interested so to I hear. I
5: actually got two fun facts for you. If oh, you want. go ahead. Yeah. So, first off, there at the end, the well, we get the repeated how did you pass the bar in Louisiana? Uh, Fun fact you'd have for each state that you're practicing law in, you have to pass the bar. However, there are 49 states in the United States that are based on common law, and there's one that is mostly based off of Napoleonic. And
0: that's going to be Louisiana because the French connection. Yes. Yeah. (laughs) So, it's
5: not like if you have, like if you're from the North, like if you're from New York. Like, it's still the same kind of law. Well, if you're in Louisiana, it's you're a not, whole other ballgame. Wow.
0: Louisiana is the Quebec of the United States. Wow. Because it's the same if sort of gimmick there. you south far enough. Yes. <laughs> exactly. North, it's
5: basically Texas. Absolutely. Yeah. And then the second thing here, as far as what you were saying about getting back at the government, losses, especially back then on, like, check fraud and, like, they can't find the guy or they don't find the guy, those are insured by the FDIC, I believe. So it is the government coming out of pocket reimbursing these banks because they're insured against these losses.
0: Ah, uh, so you could be single handedly sort of fighting the fight back against, and that uh, maybe it's also Frank Senior's thing because he's tried and he cannot beat them. He's got lawyers; we're going to sue them. He cannot beat them. Frank Junior can beat them. Yeah, and he Frank kind Jr.
5: of got four million dollars out yeah. of the government. I don't know yep. how much the IRS took from his. Well, dad, four but, million
0: at last count. That was four million at in the sixties. That was four million when he folds him in the second Christmas. Yeah, yeah. Like, by the time he's done, he's wrote all, all those checks all over the world. God knows how much money he's taken.
4: And did he have to pay any of that back? How do you pay it back? Well, yeah, I know, but, I mean, did he have to pay no, anything, I don't, think so.
5: anything back? I don't think that was mentioned. No, that, that
0: wasn't. Was I, it, I, go, I,
4: through,
5: I,
0: which, go ahead.
5: Which, speaking of which, he's caught on four million, stealing four million dollars of fraudulent checks, practicing medicine without a license, practicing law without a license, and he gets 12 years?
0: Yeah. 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 I think the fact that he's a minor doesn't mean he's not he's he's not tried as a minor but you'd almost have to think that would give some sort of weight to the sentencing yeah maybe i don't know you might be
5: a minor but four million dollars and practicing law the 12
0: but the the 12 years would probably have to be legit because because the fact that frank abagnale gets out of prison and does the book and all you know why would you why would you how many if if, if it was 30 years you'd say that in the script because it would be a better story how many years does he actually do though It looks like it is about two. Well, you still have to
5: do the 12. Well, so how it works, if you do like a federal work release, that's kind of like that, which that's a real thing here in America, we still do it, is that if you've got a certain skill set and a government agency can use you, you're still, I think you're still paid like a per diem or something, because technically you are working, but you're still serving your 12-year sentence. But yeah. Instead of serving it in a federal penitentiary, you're serving it in servitude to the government.
0: Right. So when he says when can I leave? He says every day until we let you go. That's the rest of your sentence has to be done doing this. Oh, okay. Right. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. It was uh I know, uh, Georgia, I'm quite curious. It was your first watch. What do you think?
5: It
3: was, yeah. No, I I enjoyed it. I really did. Um I think this is probably the first Leo film that I can say that I have watched that I actually Enjoyed other than Man in the Iron Mask. I was going to ask about which I that. I did yeah. quite enjoy it. Yeah, I did quite enjoy that one. But yeah, definitely the first one that's been more more similar to the other ones he's done, I guess. Because uh, I think Man in the Iron Mask is a bit more. It's a bit different. Well, this is a bit
0: light. Done. I mean, as far as Leo Fair goes, this is on the lighter side of it. Yeah. Oh, definitely, yeah. yeah but
3: yeah. I didn't. I don't like Revenant because he just sits there making faces and grunting the whole time, doesn't yeah. he? Yeah. Um, but this one. I think it steers into what he actually is. Like, he is a bit of a, at least at this point, he's a bit of a cheeky teenager causing mischief for most (laughs) of it. So, no, I like this one because it is Leo as I think he probably should be and maybe where he should have stopped. I like him when he's still doing his, I am just a bit of a teenager causing mischief, making a bit of nuisance for people. It's once he starts being, I'm an actor, I am serious, take me seriously, that I go, ugh.
0: Alright,
3: alright. I don't like him once he's in that mode. Well you
0: can't be I'm a teenager at forty five years of age no. though. He's not Michael J. Fox. No, no, no.
3: No, not
0: I get that, exactly. but I
3: don't like I don't like the
2: evolution he's taken. Alright, fair
0: enough. Um, Ellie, you saw it not that long ago, you saw it again today. Was it still alright?
2: Yeah, I seen it once ages ago as well. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, I still enjoyed it. Um, it's it's a good film, it holds up every time I think, and I noticed a couple of extra things in this watch. Um, that i didn't notice last time as well but i think it's a good performance from leo and from tom hanks so
0: yeah yeah all right and then of course alex
5: i think overall if i had to summarize in a sentence it is just a great old time kind of american movies telling us that crime does pay
0: (laughs) (laughs) well it's it's all made up and the prison don't matter yeah yeah. (laughs) Uh, so let's think about some of the usual things we hit Uh, finances the money it only seems fitting we talk about the money A because of the film and A because B because we've got Alex with us budget of 52 million right wow yeah 52 million that's quite a bit in 2002 isn't it I think so what do we think it takes home Uh,
5: all time or like we talking like in the first couple years
0: we're talking about kind of the official box office about what it takes both both uh, the, the, the worldwide gross 240.
5: 240. Mm-hmm. I don't okay. think it was that big. I'm gonna go with
0: 350. Wait, you just said you didn't think 240 was that big, and you came back with 350?
5: No, I mean like overall. Oh, like okay. about, I about Liam? <laughs> <laughs> like I'm not talking Marvel numbers.
0: Okay, I no, don't no, think okay. it was small either. So 350 it is. Okay, uh, Ellie.
2: 260.
0: 260. Uh, Georgia.
3: I mean, I always go low, and I'm completely wrong. So I'm going 420.
0: Well, Alex is remarkably close. He, he, mm-hmm. he definitely get, earns his right as a, as a financial guru. 352. Oh. So right in there. Look at that. That's about nice. as close as you can get, I think, yeah. really. Did you
2: say
0: 350. Right.
2: 352. He said 350.
0: Yeah. Wow. That's pretty close. <laughs> um, the film, 150 different locations shot in 52 days. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Leo said there were scenes that we thought would take three days and we'd get it done in an afternoon. So, a Spielberg was I mean, just bam, bam, to. bam. Yeah.
2: I, I suppose the caliber of the actors you've got as well that helps, doesn't it? Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, nothing. I mean, there's no there's no huge set pieces. It's just no. it's just a nice fun film, isn't it? Yeah. Um. So, uh, I mean, who's? Oh, here's a question. Whose story is it? It's Frank's story. Yeah, it is Frank's.
5: Yeah. I got to give it to Frank.
0: More mm. Frank's than than girls no but carl a gets a heck of, of a story in it too there's i think a, a lot of, of carl's side
2: of the story is hidden for a lot of it and you get this kind of ambiguity as to his family and only find then out at the end that his daughter's yeah. actually 15 rather than four yeah. that he initially said and yeah it there's a lot of i'm not i'm still not sure what the truth is about carl's family
0: oh i think the version we get at the end in the airport is 100 percent the truth yeah
2: I guess. But I I think there's just so much hidden about it, whereas with Leo, we kind of see what he's doing, warts and all, whereas Carl tries to hide it, so it doesn't feel
0: like it's his story. But they're foils to each other. And so, whereas Leo, you can't trust anything he says. I feel with Carl, you can trust everything he says. Yeah. I think he might not give you the answer as it necessarily sets you away, but he doesn't make a thing up the whole film. So not a character to do that. Yeah, and I think uh, the irony is, when he laughs at Leo for having no one else to talk to on Christmas, well, I got news for you. never no, neither it. does Carl. No, so they it. are yeah. kind of kindred spirits, but they're just each other's polar opposite. Yeah. So yeah, um, awards. I asked you to have a to, to think about it. Which person do you think got an acting nomination out of this? I want to say Tom. Tom.
5: Yeah. Yeah, I'm gonna go with Tom.
0: Okay, Georgia. Ellie, yeah, same yeah, thing. Tom. It was Christopher Walken. Really? He got a nomination for Best Supporting Actor at the Oscars, and he wins the BAFTA. He wins the BAFTA for it. Okay. The other Oscar nomination went to, you know, I know it's his name, but John Williams gets a nomination for the score, which basically he does a movie. He's getting a nomination every time, isn't he?
4: You, wouldn't it oh. be amazing to find out how many nominations John Williams has oh, I'm how sure. many Oscars he's mm-hmm. won?
0: I'm sure it's <laughs> at least two.
3: <laughs> um, I Solid
0: out. four. Solid uh, four, uh, Role of women in this film. Ooh,
5: not great. No. Not
0: no. No, no. <laughs> no, and again, it weren't, was it? There's two major women, three arguably. So there's his mom. Yeah. <sighs> yeah. There's his um, simpleton fiancee. Yeah, yeah.
2: And, uh,
0: yeah, and then arguably you've got the hooker. That's it. Yeah,
2: well,
0: yeah. I mean, you could, a bunch you've of got
2: stupid Elizabeth Banks as well. I think I guess, think I, 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 guess the
0: hooker. I guess most of these people re- represent that sort of Amy Adams, but is the hooker is also uh, Elizabeth Banks is all these women who he tricks into just you know he manipulates them because they're simple into yep. doing what he wants. Maybe because he's mad at his mother, and maybe he punishes all women. Maybe.
5: Maybe, yeah. Or maybe it just taints his outlook on women as a whole.
0: Or maybe his dad yeah. showed him women are easily manipulated when he was thirteen years of age. <sighs> <laughs> Who knows? It's it's difficult, but not a great no, nope. Not a great film for the role of women. Nope. Uh, favorite character? Liam? My favorite character was Han
4: Ray. Yeah? Yeah, Tom. I don't normally gravitate towards Tom in movies, but I felt because he he's
0: usually the lead though, isn't he? Yeah, yeah.
4: I felt he had the better grasp and feel to his character more depth
0: okay yeah uh, Georgia
3: uh, I'm probably going to go with Tom yeah even though he is a bit icky I quite <laughs> liked him in this because he, he is a bit of a father figure and that's quite nice to see rather than a bold action hero or whatever it is he usually does I don't really know I don't watch many of his films because I don't like him yeah, he's but- definitely
0: not an action hero <laughs> no. that I'd like to see
3: <laughs> am I confusing it? I'm confusing him with what's his face hmm
0: John McClane. Oh, Bruce, Bruce Willis? Willis? You, yeah, that's
3: thought,
0: how I'm confused. I, I, I thought maybe you were confusing him with Tom Cruise, because they share a first name.
3: <laughs> you know I have face do You do have face actors. Actor
0: Forrest Gump, action hero. <laughs> Runs through Vietnam, saving people. Plays um, maybe I'd prefer him
2: if he was was an action hero, then. Who maybe. Knows? Ellie? Does Woody count as an action hero? No.
0: Reach oh. for the sky. But Ellie, who is your favorite character in this? <laughs>
2: Uh, Frank Jr. Oh, okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I think I just really enjoyed Leo's performance in this. Um, I like the way that you kind of see how quickly he has to think on his feet and the different struggles he has to go through. And I just think it's really interesting and like him as a character.
0: All right.
5: Mm. Uh, Alex. So just to be clear, are we talking about performance or are we talking about character?
0: Well, that's an interesting thing. Usually we say character, but you can go performance instead if you prefer to go that way
5: you know what? I'm only here for one episode. I'm, I'm going to be different here. I'm going to go at performance. <laughs> All right. And, you know, I do agree with Christopher Walken. I think huh? he killed it because he, although he's not in the film a lot, like you get this steady progression of just a man losing everything downhill. So you start with him, you know, standing tall in front of everybody, giving the speech, everyone clapping for him, excited for him. Next time you see him, okay, well, now he's trying to con the bank. You know, there's IRS problems. And then his life slowly goes downhill but the entire time, like he's still trying to keep a smile on his face for his kid, and I think Walken really portrays that well.
0: Yeah, he does. Uh, okay, and uh, I'm gonna go. I, I think Tom Hanks plays against type in this. I think he's I was gonna guess Tom Hanks. Oh, really, sorry about yeah, that. I, I was supposed really, to wait. Yeah. Um, I'm multitasking, and it's going. Yeah, yeah. You're but right. no, so yeah, so I think that it's. Uh, yeah. I think that he was against type yeah. really enjoyed him and I, uh, I that tickled me that joke he shares yeah. so I'll, I'll live with that for, for, for a while I mean we're in danger the more of Tom Hanks we see the danger we are is that we just come normalized to the excellence that Tom Hanks is mm. And, you know, it's the same idiot, idiocy that meant that he didn't get nominated for castaways. He won, he's won two in a row. You can't, you can't even win three in a row. Yeah, she, if he deserves yeah, it, yes, yeah, you can. Yeah, exactly. And it's this thing where he's going, you know, deserve, he's great. And I just don't want to get used to the idea that Tom Hanks is great. Because one day, like a sporting figure, like Tom Brady, you know, he will be gone. And we yeah. will go... Man, Tom Hanks has given us a heck of a of a of a, of a career of work to, yeah. to enjoy, and he's he's just Probably great in this, perfect. as per usual. Mm-hmm. Um, best moment, best element. Um,
4: my my favorite, but made me laugh, was the Jennifer Garner bit okay with the uh
0: she thought she was con on him but he was con on her she ends up paying him for sex. It's <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> a fun scene that made me tickle that tickled me it made me laugh and she's really good in a really small role oh yeah she's yeah. really good in a really small role yeah uh georgia
3: um i really liked that opening opening credits bit i quite like that animation uh, i really yeah, appreciate that too. and the music um and i was just impressed myself that i could tell that it was the same um composer because it sounded like home
2: alone so yeah
0: uh, Ellie, I'm assuming you're not going to go with the opening animation bit.
2: No, I'm not. <laughs> very much not. Um, I, well, I'd l- like to give a little shout out to the bit where Brenda's parents are dancing because I think that's super, super cute and couple goals. But my favorite scene is where um, Tom Hanks and Leo first meet. So when he's when he's got him in the hotel room and catches him and then um, Frank manages to evade capture. All, All right. Very good scene. Uh, Alex. Alex. Mm.
0: Now, this can be favorite scene or it can be your favorite element of the film. So it's kind of just one more thing you want to give a shout out to, basically.
5: Uh, let's see. Uh, our, I was already different. I think I'm going to conform this time. OK. <laughs> uh, I think I'm going to go with when Frank first meets Brenda in the hospital, because we've been before that point, we get 30 minutes of him you know, conning people, getting checks, doing all this other stuff. But then he goes to the hospital, sees this girl getting yelled at by, I'm assuming, a senior physician. You know, she's back to her desk. She's crying. And he comes up and, you know, he comforts her. So it's like, yeah, he's still doing all these crimes, cashing these checks, doing whatever. But, you know, still at his
2: heart, he's still just a good guy.
0: Yeah. Oh, what is that, be- that? Hang just on. To
2: get the information.
5: Wait, I didn't catch that. Is
0: this is this part of a graft? Is this the idea that he's being nice to her? Because in a minute, he's going to ask her for all the information about how to work in a hospital.
5: Well, maybe, but I don't think that has clicked for him yet. I think he's just there to find out what's going on with his friend. And okay. then I don't think it develops until he really talks with Brenda. And then he's like, you know what? I could do this doctor thing.
0: Uh, uh, I'm going to go for, I made allusions to it earlier, the switching dynamic between the importance of his father and the importance of Carl as the film goes on. Mm-hmm. And how those two father figures kind of shift.
5: Yeah. I, I thought it was... each other
0: out. Yeah. I thought what he thought he was looking for in his father, which was ultimately built on very shaky ground he actually finds in carl a guy who is carl's is rock solid dependable as the day is long i mean he's he, he is what he always is and he go he's not the exciting guy but he's yeah. a guy you can depend on and actually his family proved to not be dependable easily interchangeable not what he wanted he and he finds a new family and a new hope and a new all those things throughout his relationship with carl and doing the right thing yeah you know so that's my choice um, so, uh, is this anybody's best role ever before I jump back to the grumble? Anybody's best role ever?
5: I don't think so.
3: I mean, it's the fav. my favorite thing I've seen the two of them in. Um, oh, really? well, okay. I don't think that counts as, but that's, that's just me having a low opinion of other Hanks and Leo stuff. So
0: I don't think it is. No, I know that Amy Adams has done better things. I've not seen it yeah like i've not seen the film she's done that's 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 only really a problem for yeah. me Yeah. is that to me but she's a, she's a small role so you know and not much in it but she's very good in her small role as well
4: yeah i mean this is up there for tom uh definitely but I don't think it's his best best role. oh no you know no. so but, I, but I, so if we
0: ever do a tom hanks thing i don't know if this cracks my top 10
4: oh it definitely cracks my top
0: 10 does it yeah okay excellent um Let's think about, is there a grumble about this film? A grumble, something you're not really feeling about this film. It's too long. It is long. It is. It is long. It's
3: like like 10, 15, 20 minutes too long.
0: I think, well, I'll let you go ahead and have your thing and then I'll. Do you have anything else to no, say that's, about it, George?
3: No, I think it, it just some bits dragged a little bit too much.
0: The bit where he gets back and works for the FBI, from the part where he's on the plane and he tries to escape and then goes for the FBI, that takes a long time to finish this movie up. Mm. Yeah. And I felt you could have had him just go ahead, go to work, not had the fake out and just had them working at the desk yeah. and have him go Hollywood every day. Yeah. Oh, no. But then he goes, well, tell me about this, though. And then get gets switched on to the idea of working with Carl as partners. Yeah. You could have rewritten that and it but a much quicker end. Because going back to the airport was like, you're just gilding the lily. Mm. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the,
4: the sister. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Later on, when he goes back and has his Home all, Alone moment. Yeah. yeah. Just, yeah, it didn't gel well with me.
0: Okay. Uh, Ellie? I think this is going
2: to be controversial. I don't like the music. Wow. Um, mm. It's not the whole score, but that theme bit, the that bit, really don't like it. Oh, it, I don't think it. I don't think it annoyed me too much the last time I watched it, which was back in like October, November time. Um, but this time, I was watching it. Every time it came around, I was like, "For God's sake, again! This is so repetitive. I don't like it. It's irritating." Blah, um, and yeah, just not a fan. Okay. I don't think it's one of John Williams's best by far. But well, I do have some stats on John Williams.
0: Well, let's go ahead and give you a chance for that.
2: Okay, so uh, I think we should do it as a guessing game. How many movies do you think John Williams has been nominated, oh, nominated or won? For an Oscar
0: for his score. Just shout them out, folks. Uh, 12. 12. (laughs)
2: 17.
5: 8. Yeah, I'm going to switch to 14 so we don't have a pair.
2: This is going to cover best original score, best original song score, best original musical. 87. (laughs) Most of them are best original score, though. Um, The total is 51. Wow. I was closest. Wow.
4: You know, my, my initial instinct was 52. I wasn't really. But I went, no, that's going to be too high because <laughs> no. we're saying Oscar he's, nominated.
2: Yeah, he's won five of them. Wow. Um, But yeah, 51 nominations. Wow. It's a pretty Crazy. poor
0: rate once he gets to the game, isn't it? it is, five isn't it? out of 52? <laughs> like, you got to figure, they only have nominate five films. It's like a 20% chance. Yeah. <laughs> you know, that's what they say about John Williams, can't bring home the big one. <laughs> he's good, but he's not, he's not really top of his class, is he? Yeah. No. <laughs> he he's is no the james horner is he no he's no he's no <laughs> james horner <laughs> he's no hans zimmer hans zimmer yeah oh, Hor- so- horner's all right hey, horner's james like braveheart the- titanic did he who, who did um, Gladiator? uh that's zimmer I, is that zimmer, horner I think. zimmer not zimmer because zimmer does um pirates as well yeah, 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 well yeah. kind of that's it's who, the same that's thing who i was thinking of zimmer yeah, zimmer yeah the zimmer man <laughs> all right. So uh, now it's time for Age Game, Age Game. Let's all play the Age Game. Did everybody do their
1: brumbles? my age? What's my age again? What's my age again?
0: And a big shout out to Midnight Social, who's letting us use that. So that is fantastic. Love that. So we got a little little Age Game sort of uh, little did stinger up, there. Did they make up for us? No, no. Oh, I, I, I found it and oh, went, oh, hey, okay. i like to use that. And they went, Sure. Oh no! Nice. They couldn't have been nicer about it. Oh, cool! So many things. Midnight social which come out on YouTube as well as other. I mean, go ahead and buy their music wherever, but you can go to YouTube and find all the information out there. Cool. So, uh, Ellie, sorry, you were saying something. I think.
2: Yeah. Did everybody do their grumbles?
0: Did we? Oh, no, I don't think I got to mine. Uh, I did got Alex skipped, do his? It's all good. No, yeah. I, I got skipped. So go go ahead, Alex. So so go, Alex go, go ahead and go ahead, Alex, and do your do your grumble
5: honestly i don't really have that big of a grumble of this movie not anything too huge i did around the middle of the movie start hating how we're treating women here (laughs) like because it seems like every time we meet especially like we're bringing in the cameos you know elizabeth banks amy adams and it's like it's just he's using them at a certain point like i that i didn't like like could we have one respectable woman here
0: Yeah, yeah yeah i guess the closest would be amy adams's mom but i don't think her character's fleshed out enough no no yeah um i if i had a grumble it's not it's not huge it's that for the most part this film it's, well, it's about three people it's tom it's leo and at times it's christopher walken and that's it and i felt there are moments where other people could have had there's a lot of people in here but they don't do much no so i get it it's supposed to be leo versus carl but sometimes that was at the expense of everything else and that's a choice they made i think i might have enjoyed a, a wider breadth of something i especially didn't like the mum. i'll say that yeah. i know i'm not supposed to but i it's not that i didn't like her because i was supposed to not like her i didn't like her so i don't think she was affected i did not like her at the start <laughs> so yeah. you know it didn't get any better as, as things went went downhill so there's mine but back to the age game age game It's all play the age game i get to abstain from the first one because i definitely know the answer to this
2: Ooh. i take it the first one is leo i'm guessing okay so frank jr
0: I'm
4: gonna say thirty-two.
5: Thirty-two. I was. Oh, I was gonna go with like twenty-six.
3: Uh, twenty-eight in the in the middle of you two. Yes.
0: Yeah, he's twenty-eight. Hey. So, so the fun thing is when he, when he, when he tells her uh, you know she goes no you're Frank you're Frank Connors you're 28 years old <laughs> he is 28 years old <laughs> that's my nice little callback yeah so Hanks see I don't know any of the other ones so I'm gonna jump in here and say I think Hanks is 45 mm, i
5: say gonna,
4: 41 I'm gonna say a little bit older I'm gonna say 47
2: 43 between Ian and Liam he's
1: 46 oh, oh.
4: There
2: Christopher Walken Oh, 50
0: 53. I'll ooh, go f- 55. I'll go 54. <laughs>
2: <laughs> 59. Wow.
0: wow. <laughs> Brought to you by Owen Wilson. Wow.
2: Yeah. Wow. <laughs> wow. And, oh, we haven't done that for a while. <laughs> wow. And um, the final one, wow. Amy Adams.
4: Amy Adams. Oh, okay. Oh. Oh. I'm going to say young. You um. know what? 26. I'm gonna say I
2: was younger,
0: twenty two. Twenty one.
2: Twenty-three. Twenty-eight. Wow, wow. Really? okay. Yeah, yeah. Good she's for her. a lot Oh, she's the same age.
0: Yeah, wow. Wow. So and they're both real? looking young. <laughs> oh she's the same age as Leah. Wow, that's that's quite interesting, yeah. yeah. That interesting. So that would be the age game. So, um Georgia, critics, 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 critics.
3: Yes. Do 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 Uh, So this wasn't difficult to find. There's loads of reviews on this because I think it's caused quite a stir. Um, A lot of people like it. It's a lot of fives out of fives, fours out of fives, and then like threes out of fours and that sort of thing. Um, So we've got from Nell Minow from Common Sense Media says, part period piece, part chase film, part drama, Steven Spielberg's movie about the youngest person ever to make the FBI's 10 most wanted list is terrifically entertaining. Okay. And that got a five out of five. Uh, Mark Dining or Dinning, can't tell from Empire. Um, says more slow burning than you'd expect, and all the more breathtaking for it. A fitting dessert to Spielberg's preceding entree and main course of AI and Minority Report, and one hell of a ride. So he enjoyed it. He gave it four out of five.
1: Okay.
3: Um, then we got a couple of um, a couple of shorter ones. Um, Glenn Kenny from premier Magazine just simply says this is a delectable film indeed, and gives it four out of four. Um, Paul. Paul Barnes from the uh, Sydney Morning Herald says, Henratti isn't strictly a factual character. He's called O'Reilly in the book, but not his real name either. The performance Hanks gives makes you wish he were. Abagnale isn't strictly factual either, but DiCaprio makes him an attractive counterfeit, which I thought was funny because it's all about counterfeit checks.
0: And that and does then, tie into what we said earlier about the fact they couldn't release that he was actually based on a real guy because he was still working. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, Yeah.
3: yeah. And then we get our... Um, good old friend Roger Ebert Ebes. Um, says this is not a major Spielberg film although it is an effortlessly watchable one. Uh, Spielberg and his writer Jeff Natherson working from the memoir by The Real, Frank Abigail Jr. and Stan Redding, don't force matters or plumb for deep significance the story is a good story, directly told and such meaning as it has comes from the irony and the only person who completely appreciates abigail's accomplishment is the man trying to arrest him. Which thought was, yeah, it's quite
0: good. Yeah. And just some from our regular uh, hit squad, if you will, our own FBI. (laughs) Uh, Friend of the podcast, uh, Liam, you'll have to do it because no one else is going to do it. Dwayne Smith says I don't love it no, I love this don't let him have f- it. says I love this film one of my favorites the cinematography is exceptional this film has style excellent pacing too. Tom Hanks is wonderful as ever this is a start of Leo becoming an exceptional actor with this and gangs in New York being released in the same year and I would agree with that yeah okay. he says Christopher Walken plays Frank Senior to perfection understated plays a man infatuated with a woman clearly not with him so well uh, Griff from Paul and Griff says the best cat and mouse film ever leaves you wanting frank to never get caught also includes the best knock knock joke in cinema history i fully agree <laughs> yeah. the cast is great the score is great a film you can watch over and over again mm-hmm. i, I kind of wanted frank to get caught you did after a while i got tired like okay at some point you have to you have to correct this yeah yeah you do yeah yeah, yeah uh friend of the podcast debbie says haven't seen this one in a while but really remember enjoying it it's a good cast across the board and a fun watch i would agree a uh, friend of the podcast andrew Shevsky says i'm about an hour and a half in and i'm incredibly interested i think it's amazing i love watching uh i still young leo my only grumble being with tom hanks's accent i don't know i was okay with his accent yeah it didn't throw me around. as our as our american du jour, what do you think alex was it all right
5: yeah it seemed accurate i mean it might sound weird to us now but i mean if that's how the guy talks that's how the
0: guy talks yeah. hanks is just playing the character it's not often you hear hanks bad accent no no like, unless he's in he's in the terminal that was rough
2: i was just gonna say that
0: crocosia <laughs> or whatever it was yeah um also congratulations on the first spielberg film he thinks yeah it is our first spielberg film i believe and then finally carlo hey front of the podcast, Carlo. carlo!
1: Car- oh, low, yeah. low,
0: low, 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 <laughs> low, low, uh, We want to say that here. He says uh, it's both very touching, moving, and a lot of fun. Both DiCaprio and Hanks are great, but I'm always surprised by ins against type performance. Mm. Yeah, I think we are all in agreement. there. We are agreement. So that's really all we've got for that. We've just a little bit of housekeeping left to do on the way out, and the first thing to do is let's do our ratings, though. So Liam, where do you sit on Catch Me If You Can? I'm going to give
4: it a strong. Eight and a half Pan Am flights. <laughs>
0: eight and a half. <laughs> yeah. He doesn't fly Pan Am. Let's not forget that. Oh, he doesn't. No. TWA, then. Eight and a half TWA, TWA. stowaway seats. Yeah. yeah. Okay, great. <laughs> you know, you always say it's strong. You never go, that's kind of a weak eight and a half. Out of ten. <laughs> it's best film ever, right? It's best film ever. <laughs> uh, Georgia, you're up.
3: Um, I'm going to give it eight. Come on, you My have Parkinson's to know this question's coming. Eight, but I'll go... I'll go high. No, I was struggling between seven and a half and eight. Okay. I did not know where to, so it's where eight. to pitch
2: it. But eight, yes.
0: Okay. Ellie.
2: I'm going to give it eight and a half. Eight and a half. All right. Yeah.
0: Alex from Main Street Finance. Got to keep that that, that branding in place. Alex from Main Street Finance. What, what was your thoughts on it?
5: You know, I love the movie. There are a couple grumbles that I have for it. But overall, you know, I kind of hate that I'm the guy jumping on the bandwagon. But eight and a half.
0: <laughs> eight and a half. That's usually my number. I'm yeah, Mister Eight is, and a Half. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to come in and go. I'm giving it eight fraudulent checks out of ten. It's good. <laughs> it's, it's it's a good little film. It is. A good I think it's film. any man's best. I don't think it's Spielberg's best. No. Uh, it feels it's the best. It's the best case of a film being made in 52 days. Yeah, that you yeah. can imagine. Like oh, yeah. it's, it's yeah. a tight film. Well, as tight as a two and a half hour film can be, but it's tightly told. I, I, the characters were likable, but it, it's got some nice themes. It, it, but. It, no one's gonna call it the best film ever it's not that no it's not you know it wasn't nominated for an oscar for like you know picture director actor actor because because it, it isn't any of those things walk great but for most everybody else it just it, it's a fun film i had a good mm-hmm. time i had a really good time and so it could be eight it could be eight and a half it was never endangered being a seven and a half but you know i could have gone eight and a half but that's kind of where i went with that so yeah. that is uh sort of how do they say about that mm. So, uh, all that's left for us to do now is just talk about what we are seeing. Yeah. Next week, but before we do that, we want to give a massive shout out and thank you to Alex from Main Street Finance thoroughly enjoyed that we'd love to have you i think come back on to talk about money movies yeah absolutely
5: Alex. yeah uh, absolutely yeah. Uh, Look, and look i originally wanted to start a movie podcast but i didn't think i was personable enough to do it so look don't restrict me just to money now look i'll definitely come to you <laughs> back but look if y'all got jurassic park on the list i'll 100 percent throw my hat in the ring
0: uh jesse you know jesse J. she also said it wasn't all about the money 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 so <laughs> there we go um but thoroughly enjoyed having you on we'll definitely do it again Yeah. Huzzah. Good time have by all. Which leads me to believe what we're talking about next week. And it's not Jurassic Park next week, but it is a film that we've, it is a film that we've talked about so far today. Have we? It has come up. Cause one of the directors who was in line to direct this at some point was Mr. Cameron Crowe. Oh. Famous for. Almost famous. Almost famous. It is the 20 year anniversary of the UK oh, release of Almost U- Famous U- next U- week. So, Almost Famous is the film we are tackling. It's not a short one next week as no, well. It's, it's, number, it's number two and a half. Yeah. But it tells the story of the fictional rock band Stillwater. A, a great band. Great fictional band They they are
4: They are a great fictional band If they released an album I'd buy it and play
0: it Yeah I think you'll have A lot to say about next week I do I do I do So please join us next week When we tackle The Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous I'm so excited For Best Film Ever I've been Ian And I've been Liam
2: I've been Ellie I've been Georgia
0: And I've been Alex So Ian Knock knock Who's there? Go fuck yourself. <laughs> <laughs> we'll catch you on the flippity-flop. <laughs> the flippity-flip-flop. <laughs> So please join us next week when we tackle the Cameron Crowe film Almost Famous. I'm so excited for Best Film Ever. I've been Ian. And I've been Liam.
2: I've been Ellie. I've been Georgia.
0: And I've been Alex. And
4: so... Fuck.
3: <laughs> this is why Liam Every doesn't go. Do. <laughs>
0: <laughs> oh, Every yeah. do I have to just go, hey Ian, knock uh, knock. That's it. <laughs> dig it, dig it,
1: dig it,
0: dig it. That's so next year's blooper. Right? <laughs>